It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible comic book movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. For the month of October, I, along with my super friends, will delve in the world of terrible comic book movies. Why did we do it? Well, because I made them, and I love these horrible movies. If you've made a comic book movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you take the rigid acting of Rachel Weiss and Keanu Reeves and stick them in a DC property? Why, you get Constantine! Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast, the last of October. Oh my god, you don't understand how excited uh, I am, one, to be doing Constantine, two, to have four of these films done in a row, and three, to be joined by Paranormal Pat himself. Woo, yeah baby, in the house. And he's literally in the house. Literally. <laughs> literally right that. across the table from me. This is... Uh, Pretty nice. I mean, I had a lot of fun with the Back in Time guys. I had a lot of fun with the Phantom Dark Dave. I had a lot of fun with Andy. But there's something about sitting across the table and talking to somebody directly that is uh, a lot of fun. Like, it's a, it's comfort food. Because we do do another mm-hmm. podcast together called it Be Like That. And uh, it's nice to be able to have this, like... One, I don't have to edit as much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and, I edit much well, anyway. And and you know, as we were saying before too, it's like when you're doing a podcast across from someone, you can tell if they're getting ready to say something. You can interact, and you know, it's it's it, 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 now I can't talk. But anyways, basically, <laughs> it's easier to converse. See, like you, when you can see, see when the yeah. other person's going to talk. I mean, yeah, we could turn on video, but. For those who don't know my situation with Skype whenever I do these type of things, if I use video, this thing is going to drop. So hopefully at some point when I move from this location, I can actually have a decent Skype call on top of this laptop without having to bring on other things. And we can do more with guests and we can do all this other stuff. But I've had a ton of fun. Like This has been... Uh, probably one of my favorite themes that I've done. Not mm-hmm. just because it's, you know, making fun of whatever comic book movies they are, whatever they are. But yeah. the fact that it's just, it does feel like something different and mm-hmm. each movie has a different feeling to them. Yeah. And it still ties into what you normally yeah. do, in and, a sense. And honestly, out of all of the comic book movies that we've done, they're kind of all action movies. To be completely honest with you, like, I mean, they have horror themes, Ghost Rider, you know, a little bit here and there, pure action movie, pure cage, it's fun. Uh, Spawn, Spawn has some elements to it, but I still consider it a little more of an action movie. Blade, you know, it's a vampire thing, yeah. but there really isn't a whole lot of, at least not in Blade Trinity, right? But Constantine actually feels, at times, 
like it's a horror movie. Like it's more yeah. designed to be a horror movie mm-hmm. than anything else. It's not to say that it doesn't have action in it and it doesn't have like the comic book stuff that you have in it. Yeah. But it feels, especially when the, the themes that are brought up with heaven and hell and seeing the demons and like that one scene, we'll get into it a little more later. But like when the demons go to attack Angela, Angela for the first Angela. time. What the fuck? Tony Danza, when did you come here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, wait, Mr. Oh, Muscles, Muscles. ran. showed up. <laughs> if you don't know who Mr. Muscles is, he's a guy down in LA. He's like a street performer. You and know. he's come down. Yeah, that's like his catchphrase now. You know. <laughs> I'm going to be doing some moving in a little while. And he, he's part of a radio show that we listen to. Well, he used to be like, well, yeah, used to, it's like clips and stuff, but until he's, yeah, <laughs> so he started being a dick, but we did run into him once. Uh, yeah. but he didn't try to charge us because we didn't ask for any photos or anything. Exactly. <laughs> so Constantine, and I've asked this question of everybody here. Now, again, we're, I've been, this is three for three. And I said it in the last episode of Ghost Rider, but you've never seen this movie before. No. But you're familiar with the comics. I am. Well, I'm starting to get familiar with the comics. You're more familiar than me. So when, yeah, when Constantine first came out, I kind of said, oh, that's a DC movie. Hmm. And I like Keanu Reeves, but I had never went to go see it. And it's a movie I always wanted to go check out and just never did. But the character Constantine, I've just been getting more and more and more into. I mean, obviously with me, with, you know, the paranormal stuff, I, I love all that stuff I love. And he's part of the occult and he fights demons and ghosts and all this kind of stuff too, you know, and um, the mystic arts. It's, it's right up my alley. And so I, <clears throat> the show that they had, it was one season, mm-hmm. which I missed that too, which I, I'm, I'm got plans to go back and watch because it's on the it's CW a- app. Oh, and I thought it was on uh, Netflix too. It might be, but um, the CW app has the whole everything. With and it, then so. the DC app that's coming up is going to have the Constantine. They made a, a like an, a web series, mm-hmm. and the DC app's going to have that entire series on it and as that well. Web and series turned into a movie too, right? Yeah, and um, they actually have they had uh, not. But earlier this year or last year, I can't remember, they had one come out where Batman came to go, came in to find Constantine to get his help with something. And it was like the whole, you know, like I said, they, they've been really trying to bring him out more. And it's, this is where DC is getting smart. And Dave, you know, DC needs to take a lesson from Marvel. <laughs> whether, whether Blade or Ghost Rider or Daredevil or Elektra, you know, or the Fantastic Four. Whether those movies were good, bad, horrible, good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. <laughs> the good, the bad, the cage. <laughs> uh, and the Jennifer Garner. Oh, oh. <laughs> Electra but, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> but they gave you... D- that didn't d- sound right. <laughs> <laughs> She's knocking at the door! <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite parts from that last episode. <laughs> but, um... But what Marvel does is they give you different characters. Whether, like I said, whether you like the movies or not, the point is, is they're introducing you other than Wolverine, other than Spider-Man, which is my favorite, but other than Iron Man. You know, in DC, it's always Batman or Superman. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't even really give Wonder Woman a lot of love, even though she's one of the big ones until other than, um, 
Well, the the back in the day. Yeah, well, they, with the the show with Linda Carter. Yeah, yeah, which you know, my grandmother called Big Chichonas. Big Chichonas. Big Chichonas. Um, but yeah, that show back in the day. But still, we even had the Flash TV show. Yeah, you know, which I I love that. I have that. Well, I know um, you love. It. They've they've started on the TV front. I think DC on the TV kind of front. Got it they recently, right. yes, like. And that's what I like too. Like even with say Supergirl, even though there's certain sh- things about the show, I'm not. We're, we're focused on Constantine. The point is, is <laughs> recently DC is starting to open up to the other other characters. They are, but they're not doing it in the major theatrical releases. Right, like right now they're focused on really rebooting the major characters. You know, mm-hmm. but like Batman, how many times are we going to have Batman reboots uh, over and over again? And Martha. Don't, <laughs> Wait, what's your father's name? <laughs> Jim. <laughs> you got to go see, see Teen Titans, Titans go. go. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> but, it comes, comes out on comes out on uh, on Tuesday too. Oh, it that's right. 30th? It's probably on VOD right now. If you, oh, it is. See. But I mean, I don't know. Some people want physical, physical media. copies. But but anyways, well, like we're saying is is that this is one of those cases when. We, DC, this was during that period where they were trying and, and basically optioning out all of their other, mm-hmm. to multiple studios. They're not trying to just go with Warner Brothers or just go, even though I think this is a Warner Brothers pick. Um, well, they'll always have something to do with it because yeah. Warner Brothers owns DC, so. True. So, it's, but it's one of those situations where they kind of went out on a limb and Keanu Reeves was kind of the hot actor at the time. I believe this was shortly after The Matrix. Was mm-hmm. released around that around time. time. The, the well, Keanu Sans. Was it 2005? Was it? I think it was somewhere around there. I don't remember the, the, are you talking about the release date of Constantine itself? Yeah. Yeah, it was 2005, but it was okay. afterwards, so, after he's had the success yeah, with saying, the yeah. Matrix films and everything. And he's kind of the, the, and he, I know that if I remember my old, and this is all going off memory, not reading something, but I think he always wanted to play John Constantine, mm-hmm. and he was one of the driving forces to getting this movie made. Yeah. And it, while I feel like, as he's grown older, Keanu's become a much better actor than he was, Whoa. like, back in the day. <laughs> well, I mean, he was great as Ted. You know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Venture, and Bill and Ted, what was the other one? Uh, Go Bill to Ted, Hell? And, uh, a Bogus Adventure. <laughs> bogus Adventure. The, the Excellent and the Bogus, God, man, whatever. I remember seeing Bogus Rufus. Adventure theater. Maybe we have to do that one of these days. Uh, but <laughs> he's, he's still, like, I feel like now, I think he's a, he's a good actor. But even during this time, I think he was just kind of mediocre. He, he was perfect for the Matrix because he had to act like he didn't know anything, and then that's what he acts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I've always liked Keanu Reeves. I mean, and I tell you though, the the John Wicks is just oh God. no, John, the John Wick movies are good, and he's done a couple of other kind of in between kind of randomish movies, which I think are pretty good too. Um, but he's never been known as like. You know, the Renaissance actor, like he tried to be in a Shakespeare movie and he was terrible. What movie was that? <laughs> I believe it was Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, okay. I've heard Way of that. Way back in the day. It was one of his first films. It's like, uh, Etu Brute. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to do Keanu Reeves doing Shakespeare. <laughs> See, uh... <laughs> it's not even the right Shakespeare thing, but you know. <laughs> to be, oh no. Nah, yeah, I can't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
is that a skull? <laughs> I mean, to be or not to be. So, uh, but no, like, okay. So what I was saying is about like Constantine now, like to a TV yeah. show. So, you know, he's, he shows up a lot right now in DC's Legend of Tomorrow. And that web series is all, that same guy, the same actor that they had played Constantine is doing the voice, which is good. And I love that they're sticking with him because I love the way he plays Constantine. Now, Keanu Reeves' Constantine was like a much darker. Yeah, kind of we'll definitely get I, into this. And the more in the comic, I think the comic and the way they portray him now is more. You know, he's he's dark, but he's not. He's always ca- he's more sarcastic, sarcastic than anything. And, yeah, that's what I've seen. And they I mean they they change some things around because I had to read up on a couple things. Like I had to read up on Chaz. For example, who's played by Shia LaDouche. I mean, Shia LaBeouf in this I, movie. I, I completely forgot that he was in the, I mean, granted, I've never seen it, but I've never seen the commercials. But, but I remember, like, I remember being surprised, not, like, not really knowing who he was. Like, people had seen holes and things like that and be like, oh, Shia LaBeouf. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? So when I saw this, this was like my first kind of, like, experience with him mm-hmm. in, in a role. And honestly, he's not that bad in this movie. No. But the character of Chaz is much different. I, from the comics, from yeah. what was done here. Honestly, if we're talking about real quick about, I don't think Shia LaBeouf's a bad actor. I just think he's full of himself. He's full of himself, and yeah. he's just that's why a he's dick. Shia, Shia LaDouche, not Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah, he's Shia LaDouche. <laughs> Allegedly, but, but it, it's one of those situations where, like, I after seeing this, I wanted to digest more about Constantine. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm, I'm not going to front to say when I first saw this, I really liked it. So I had to come back to this film with a, is it still as good as I remembered? Because I haven't seen it in probably about maybe 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, which happens with a lot of films on this podcast. This is another reason why I do this podcast because, you know what, I want to watch this movie and I want to talk about it. Oh, okay, I got a podcast. Let's just yeah. go ahead and fucking do it. But it, it's, and it's exciting to like talk with you about it because You've not seen it, and it was exciting to talk with JD about Ghost Rider, Spirit yeah, of Vengeance. Yeah. He had never seen. It was exciting to talk about Spawn with Phantom Dark Dave because he had never seen it. Now Andy saw Blade Trinity, so I couldn't go four for four, but I went. I'm going three for four, which is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting to see these people, like these people. Uh, what do you mean these people? <laughs> what do you mean these people? <laughs> exciting to see everybody that I'm talking to within this month, like enjoying these movies for the first time. Uh, and being able to see different angles from maybe even what I was thinking when I saw this movie the first mm-hmm. time. So it's, it's fun. Uh, but we've rambled on quite a bit yeah. and we should get right into the movie. So the Can movie, I say one thing before we start. Oh, sure. I think you guys hated on John Leguizamo a little too much because I think he played <laughs> a fantastic. Yeah, we said clown. he was the best actor in the movie. Well, I mean, in general though, it's like, I don't feel like it was overacting. I don't feel like, I, I feel like he played that character perfectly i think he was overacting a little bit nah. but go see tu wong fu thanks for everything well, julie Newman, I love Chuang where fu. he's actually really really excellent in that film yeah so um and, and patrick swayze and drag too and, and wesley snipes and drag look if we just had a patrick swayze movie maybe i could have gone down and this movie could have been tu wong fu yeah. instead <laughs> could have done ghost last week <laughs> instead of ghost rider Ha ha, I'm doing the double switch on you guys. It's, you guys watched the wrong movie. Sucker. <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's begin the movie. So it begins um, basically in Mexico. 
and there's these guys digging around, and of course the first thing that we find is the Spear of Longinus. And there is a big thing in the beginning, kind of talking about the war between God and the devil, wagering for men's souls, um, and that, uh, you know, there are things... It, I'm not going to go through that one. Uh, normally I read them. One, I didn't queue it up. Two, <laughs> let's <laughs> like just that. move on. I already started the rest of it. Um, so he, this guy finds the spear. And it's not the Spear of Longinus. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Evangelion. Uh, say, it's the yeah. Spear of Destiny. Say, well, but like, that's the name say, of it, too. Was it the Spear of Destiny? It is Spear <laughs> of Destiny. But the Spear of Longinus is also the name for the spear that pierced Christ. Mm-hmm. right? And they say that that's what actually killed him. And it's not necessarily him dying of dehydration or whatever, being crucified on the cross. So he grabs the spear and then he starts to run away with it. And then he is plowed into by a car. And, like, I was a little, like, shocked and surprised. I remember first time seeing that. Well, the funny thing is I'm watching it as, you know, you can tell right away he's, like, possessed by the thing or something. Yeah. And he starts walking off or whatever. And as soon as I saw him walking, I was like, car's going to come and hit him. Watch. And watch. <laughs> it's going to somehow protect him. And I, I, I've never seen the movie, but just had the feeling. Like into, well, that's exactly what happens. He has some type of, like, pet cemetery shit go on. Except for he's not dug into the ground. He's just hit by a car. Yeah. Uh, but he manages to get up and like, it's like that, it's like a meerkat bouncing up and then looking around and like, fucking run away. Like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, so he get, runs off and then we get the kind of beginning credits of the film. I always think it's weird when you have a movie and they don't have any like credit music, like theme music. Like the one I played mm-hmm. before the podcast is actually John Wick's theme, not John Wick's fucking a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking John Constantine. See, he has the John name. Why is all his characters fucking John? <laughs> so it's constant. I'm just going to call him Constantine from now on. At least you can say Neo. <laughs> yeah, at least. Well, it's very easy for me to not to say Neo because. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> or what was his name in the replacements? <laughs> I don't remember. Shane Falco. <laughs> if I busted out Shane Falco instead of fucking Constantine, you know that there was something wrong. Are you smelling toast, Brian? <laughs> so you having a stroke? Are you winking at me? Uh, so anyway, so we get the... It's very odd when we don't get like a theme song. Mm-hmm. So the theme song, again, is the Constantine theme song, kind of when you're introduced to him. So... We, we do get introduced to Constantine, and he's walking inside of a building, and he runs into a priest. I think... I think I found someone. Look, I called you. Right? As soon as I couldn't pull it out myself, I called you, so, there are going to be, I'm going to make this disclaimer, um, I try to improve the audio as best as possible because it comes from Netflix, uh, and when things come from there, sometimes, at least where I bring them, uh, not everything is as loud as I want it to be and I adjust it. Second, there will be weird jumps maybe sometime because I try to shorten parts of the scenes. Can I just say, first of all? Sure. Pulling out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, what he's talking about, there's a girl in the other room, and she's been possessed by a demon. They're like in, like... They're somewhere... The Philippines, or... Well, see, it makes you feel like they're in the Philippines, but they're somewhere in, like, I'm thinking like New York or something. Um, because hmm. there's no way that Chaz could drive all the way to the Philippines with the car. That's but true. But he's dealing with Filipinos, and a Filipina that's tied down to the bed 
who has been possessed by a demon. And this is how we first get to hear John Wick. This is Constantine. John Constantine. Asshole. And so Constantine, not John Wick, as I previously <laughs> said, <laughs> he basically puts like a coin to his he- her head to draw mm. the demon out because the demon has actually possessed her and kind of coming into the world. Yeah, and that's what real quick too. I was just, I wanted to say that's one thing I also like. It's not like they really tried to do a origin story he's john constantine already he comes in with his stuff like he pulled out that it was like a keychain or something and he was trying to see which one was going to be the one that affected it because you know different demons different different like like coins on a keychain or yeah yeah it was like the right key the right tool for the right demon and as soon as he found it i don't give a shit uh smeagol i'm gonna put this right on your head (laughs) (laughs) my precious so we have this going on upstairs and then downstairs uh, outside like we talked about we have Chaz talking to himself outside in the cab this is Kramer Chaz Kramer asshole what oh this is Kramer Chaz Kramer asshole Chaz what move the car why Move the damn car! So, in this world of Constantine, Chaz and John are kind of more like... It's like the, his apprentice. Yeah, his sorts. ward or something. His ward, yeah, because he... You know, in the the comics, he's actually older than Constantine, right? Like, But not by much, or around the same age. And it's mm-hmm. because Constantine saved his life that he kind of goes along with him. Yeah. If I remember what I read correctly... Um, but in here, it's kind of like he's just the young, like, guy. And so, you have this weird relationship between the two. Not weird. I don't want to... That sounds wrong to say it like that. <laughs> it's a weird relationship. <laughs> no, but it's a different type of relationship. So, he's his cabbie driver, but he wants to be like John. And yeah. you get that right away when you heard John introduce himself, and then all of a sudden, here comes Chaz saying the exact same thing. Yeah. So, he moves the car, and then we see uh, that he is able to take the demon out from the body, uh, and he puts it into a mirror. Like, he gets the Filipino, the other Filipino guys to hold a mirror and says, mm-hmm. don't look. And of course, you know, like, the fucking Nazis looking at the fucking coffin and Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. you know, he has to look at her, and so he starts, like, melting on his face or some shit yeah, like that. He's like he aged or something yeah like aged really really quickly and so from we see john actually perform the exorcism of the demon and that's what the priest is saying that he could not do he wasn't able to pull the demon out of the girl's body and that's why he needed john's help because john i guess has a really great ability on how to do that like that part's kind of he's like super exorcist He's, he's super he knows, exorcist. He has those super, he has those tricks of the trade that he he's doesn't want to tell everybody. He's just going to bust open his shirt and it's going to be a giant fucking cross and an <laughs> E with the cross. <laughs> well, the, the other thing too, remember, was um, the demon was trying to like come through the skin. Yes. So you had like, once he got, he put the thing on her head, then it was like mm-hmm. the demon was trying to come through like almost like her stomach. Her, 
Her was throat? It, her, it was like her throat. Oh, maybe it was her throat. Uh, and then, oh, you know what? I'm mixing it up with what happens towards the end of the film. Mm. Um, and then he actually traps it inside the mirror. Yeah. And then that's when he tells him to throw the mirror outside to get rid of the demon. And when he does, it lands, of course, on the top of Chaz's taxi. And that's why he should have moved the taxi. So now that he's exercised the demon, he goes downstairs to the priest who wonders what exactly happened upstairs. Like I said, I found you something. Didn't I, John? Didn't I? What happened in there? Going to a lot of meetings, I see. Keeps the voices out so I can sleep. Have to sleep, John. I need some help. You do? For me? What kind of... Hey, listen, I... That exorcism wasn't right. Listen to the ether. Anything unusual, let me know. Come on, you don't need its protection. It'll be like back in the day. A few days. Okay. Okay. For you, John. So what he does is he removes this like necklace from around his neck and then sticks it in his pocket. I think it looked like the um, Holy Trinity, too. Yeah, it was something like... It was either... I'm, I'm not sure, because I think he puts one later on, spoiler alert, puts one on Rachel... Uh, well, Angela, Rachel Weiss, um, And it's the same symbol. It's the same has, necklace. Is it the same necklace? Because yeah. I thought it looks like he takes it from him and sticks it in the priest's pocket, unless he grabs it from, well, later we'll, on in the film. To get to it, yeah. So we have to get to it. I don't want to... <laughs> I know I'm spoiling the entire fucking movie anyway, but we're not going to try <laughs> so now we're at to the spoil end. before <laughs> the spoiler. Yeah, I don't think I've ever jumped to the end of the movie right away. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he well, basically... Yeah, sorry, no, go, no, go ahead. But one thing I would... Which will, once again, I don't want to spoiler, we'll get to it later on in the movie, but I still wish, they still don't really explain why. I wish they would explain more why. So he's drinking so he doesn't hear the voices. And I wish they would have touched on that a little bit more, because honestly, I don't know that from the comics. Because like I said, I'm still learning Constantine, and I don't know all the characters around him. So I wish they would have kind of touched on that a little bit more, but... Well, it's also like that little thing... That, that charm or that the necklace or whatever the the holy trinity if that's what's on the necklace like protects him from the voices so he doesn't hear the voices and then it's kind of i feel like it's implied like hey maybe you know like you could have done this if you weren't wearing this like if you actually could hear and see everything mm-hmm. right but at the same time uh you know he's also curious as why that demon basically was trying to break into the real world mm-hmm. and that's why he's telling the priest hey you need to like you need to listen to it like go back and then find something for me to link these things together yeah so from here we're introduced actually to angela's uh character who is a cop and she is talking to a priest giving her confession blessing father Riveson. It's been two weeks since my last confession. I killed a man today. Another one. I didn't even see his face. I pulled the trigger and he went away. Most cops go 20 years without firing their guns. Why do I always know where 
these guys are. Where to aim, when to fire. I'm wondering, is there something wrong with me, Father? Something damned? God has a plan for you. He has a plan for us all. You mustn't let your faith be overshadowed by guilt. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. So, you have Angela here, who's a cop. And she feels like she has this extra special ability to know who the bad guys are and who exactly to shoot. That's kind of what she's talking about here. But I do want to play a game with you for the rest of this podcast. And is who shows less emotion acting in this film? Keanu Reeves or Rachel Weisz? (laughs) All right. Well, The the funny thing is, it took me a second. um, I, I didn't look at the names of who was in this. And I go, I know that chick. I know that chick. I know... The mummy. <laughs> oh, you mean the old one with Boris Karloff? No, no, the one with Brandon Fraser. The, oh, the one with Brandon Fraser you know, that people don't bone. like making fun of. The star of Monkey Bone. <laughs> oh, the star of Monkey Bone. We guess he was, and Chris Kattan. Now, question. Here's the, here's one, here's one for you. Who's more of a like airhead kind of actor? Keanu Reeves or Brandon Fraser? Oh man. Well, you got a Cino man. <laughs> I would definitely give it to Brendan Fraser because I think he's done it more and Keanu Reeves went the action actor route. That's true. So he hasn't, like, he did it in the beginning of his career and he did some, like, funny type of movies and stuff like that. But I think that he, uh, doesn't do it as much as where Brendan Fraser seemed to make a career out of it with Encino Man and Airheads and even that Looney Tunes movie, whatever that one was called. Yeah. Back in action, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in action. Where was it? Steve Martin was the bad guy, or the... no? I thought he was the bad guy, or was it Steve Martin? I don't fucking know. Uh, he was like a it's scientist a or something. I think um, Steve Martin. Anyways, so, so let's talk about Angela for a second. She's confessing because she's she's a cop and she is very high with her faith, and I don't know if I necessarily like the character, but we can get more into that as as things move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what were your first impressions? Um, as you were saying, like, there's not a lot of emotion in there for someone who's com- doing confession about killing people. But at the same time, it's like, what, you're confessing to, you're like, oh, I'm a cop and I've killed people. But it's not like you were just like, oh, I'm... I killed Joe Blow on the street or some kid. I was just walking down the street and felt like this kid needed to have his head blown off. Yeah. And boom. <laughs> you're killing, you're killing bad guys. And I guess I understand at the same time. It's like, you're still taking a human life, but I mean, you're confessing like you did something wrong. If you're doing, if you're, unless it was in the self-defense thing, like, Hey, I'm running away from you. I'm almost gone. Oh, you shot him in the back of the head or something. Then what was, I don't know. It's just, it seems like. Well, you know, like you said, she has, like, high faith, so it's just, like, maybe she just feels like it's completely wrong to take a life, but then it's like, then why are you a cop? Yeah. I'm not saying cops, people become cops to take lives, but, I mean, there's more of a chance of you taking someone's life as a cop than a normal civilian walking down the street. True. So, from here, we go over and we see, we meet up with John again, and this time he's talking to his doctor, and she's giving him some really terrible news. Things I've beaten. Things most people never even heard of. And now I'm going to be done by this. Wouldn't be the first time. Come on, Les. You 
save me before you can do it again, right? This is aggressive. 20 years ago, you didn't want to be here. Now you don't want to leave. Yeah, that's a good idea. John, you really need to prepare. Make arrangements. No need. I already know exactly where I'm going. So, now John's got the bad news, but John won't stop fucking smoking, no matter what well, the situation I mean, is. At that point, you're kind of like, what's the, what's another what's one the point, do? right? Yeah. Might as well go out and do what I had like doing. Well, it's like that Seether song, right? Where he says, what's the point with not drinking when I'm dying? Yeah. All right? And then he probably has the same, well, okay, well, I've got black lung, you know, who gives a shit, and I know exactly where I'm going. Maybe I should you become know. a miner now. Become a my yeah. I'll be your canary. (laughs) (laughs) Just put John Constantine into a cage, take him down into a mine, and he dies from the black lung. And then you know to get the fuck out. (laughs) Oh no, that wasn't from the cold. That was from the smoking. Uh, It's safe. It's it's safe. I think he smokes what he's that he calls coffin killers too, or some shit like that, which he explains later in the movie. From here we go over back over to Angela, and she's having a dream, and she's watching what looks like herself, and I'll spoil it already, it's not actually her, it's her twin sister, Isabel. And Isabel is currently locked up in an insane asylum, and we see that there's something that's going wrong, and eventually she jumps off the edge of the uh, the building, mm-hmm. killing herself. And then Rachel wakes up right away. After she wakes up, we cut over and we see that then there are police officers they're investigating the scene where isabel has killed herself uh angela shows up and angela has uh basically freaks out once she sees the dead body of her sister and i thought it was a pretty cool scene like um because obviously she was playing both characters um but when they had her face like they rip open up the body bag and she's face to face honestly the, the pale face of the dead sister wasn't too far off from her <laughs> no, it, it looked pretty good, and I can say that for a movie from 2005, I think the everything that happens and like with the way they do makeup and, and the special yeah. effects, I think well, except for one scene, is kind of, eh, but I think it's well done, relatively good. Yeah. So from here we go over and we see the Mexican dude. He's walking across, uh, I guess like just up open plain or wherever it is uh, farm somewhere and there's a bunch of cows in the field and i i like this scene just the way that it starts because he starts walking and then slowly but surely all the cows just start like toppling over like he's just going cow tipping with his mind it's all he's doing <laughs> all i can think about is uh the price on cow just went down you know what i'm saying it's like, <laughs> sell sell <laughs> sell 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 <laughs> Now, buy stocks and waffles! Waffles! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the cows! <laughs> I was so, like, get me a hamburger and some steak. <laughs> so once all the cow tipping has happened, we head back over to Constantine's, like, base of operations, which seems like it's above a bowling alley. It's very odd. It's got the bowl, bowl, bowl. Well, I think that was, um... The, when the one guy worked there. It yeah, wasn't... And, and that's who we're gonna meet, is basically, like, his arms dealer yeah. that trades the the mythical weapons for the cow-like sound thing. The new case, the big score, the mother load, the one you've been waiting for. Humor me. Don't I always. 
Much obliged. Thank you. How are you feeling, John? So what? Bullet shavings from the assassination attempt on the Pope, holy water ampules from the River Jordan, and oh, you'll love this screech beetle from Emmettville. Funny to you, but to the fallen, that's like nails on a chalkboard. What is it exactly with you and bugs? I just like them. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, easy there, hero. It's dragon's breath. Thought you couldn't get it anymore. Yeah, well, I uh, <clears throat> I know a guy who knows a guy. So those like weapons that he has, mm-hmm. they're interesting. Like I kind of like the theming. Like again, I don't know enough about Constantine to be like, are these things that he's actually used before? What's the correlation to them? But I still think that everything's kind of neat how it's all mixed together. Well, like with the bug box and like the flame and stuff like that. Yeah, and like how there's how it's a weapon against evil, but how where he got it, like a shavings from. The was it the bullet? Like an assassination said? attempt on the priest. So yeah, so now that's probably like a a weapon for good now. You know, like they, didn't he? If I heard him right, didn't he say the beetle was from Amityville? Yeah, something so like that. Amityville horror, probably. You know. Yeah, probably because the Amityville horror, of course, even though it is you know a movie, technically it's one of those two late people from The Conjuring that that's based off of. Oh, the um, uh, you know who. Yeah, Lane somebody's going to yell at me and tell me, oh, it's these people. But, you know, those guys, <laughs> the husband and wife duo, yeah. supposedly dealt with the Amityville horror because the Amityville horror, the movie, is based on that story. So it makes sense if that came from that type of thing because that's kind of like a grounded real-world yeah. situation, quote-unquote real-world situation. Mm-hmm. That's it more happened. for your podcast than my podcast. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> well... The, the thing I like though too is like the the beetle box is like is that like the mosey cricket? <laughs> oh, it's like a fucking black. cicada. Oh, <laughs> I'm the, thinking it's like cicadas in real life. I hate those fucking things because <laughs> all the fucking noise they make. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, little pieces of shit. But that dragon's breath is like a golden cross <laughs> shoots fire, fucking I mean. fire out and shit. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter can do that shit. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong? With me? You having a stroke? I think so. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe hey, I can't maybe, say the maybe, HP word. Can't say Harry Potter. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're being maybe you're being um, messed with after you're calling the devil droopy face. Maybe. Well, we do get some of that in this film as well. Uh, <laughs> so from here, you know, we also have the first meeting of Constantine and Angela. Angela is going to meet the priest because she doesn't believe that her sister committed suicide. And that she should be blessed and allowed to go into the kingdom of heaven and not mm-hmm. be stuck in hell. Constantine is there because he wants fucking answers. And he, the, their first meeting is first come, first serve. <laughs> like, he's like, I was here first. I'm here to talk to you. And yeah. she's like, why well, you gotta be so rude? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's also there to try to get, does he try to go there to try to get healed? Well, he's going there because he, you know, of course he's dying and he's there to talk to Gabriel. Now, Gabriel is played by Tilda Swinton. Who, I know, you're rolling your eyes, but the character of Gabriel is supposed to be an androgynous, you know, not male nor female, and Tilda Swinton kind of fits that mold. 
I understand that, you know, here she is in the DC universe playing somebody that was played by a guy or is a guy in the comics. And then she did it again in, uh, Doctor Strange, where she played the, chosen the one. ancient one, or the ancient one, who was supposed to, who was a dude in the comics, and it's her in yeah. fucking, you know. Doctor I like Strange. I, I like Gabriel from uh, Legion, or no, was it Legion? Was that the one where they're trying to? They're the um, the uh, diner gas station, and um, it's like God's trying to like let the apocalypse happen. Oh, and Michael t- turns himself human to protect. Was it Legion? Le- I, Legion. I don't. Maybe it's Legion. I don't. I don't remember. I think it's Legion. Maybe it is. I think it's You've probably one of those. Movie? I think I have seen that. I might have fallen asleep to that movie. Oh, that movie's great. Oh, well, like, your baby's gonna burn. <laughs> Would you say, yo, bitch? <laughs> maybe that po- that movie will end up on this podcast. There we go. Day. So. We have the meeting between Gabriel and Constantine, and what Constantine, Constantine really—I almost said something else. I know. Uh, <laughs> at least I didn't go Constantine. <laughs> Hashtag Constantine. Uh, <laughs> but we—he's really trying to because he is dying, and he knows that he is going to hell, and it really hasn't been explained yet, yeah. right? But we know that he knows, or he believes that he's going down there, and he basically talks to Gabriel to basically figure out. Why the hell am I not going to be allowed into heaven? I know what you want, son. Still keeping your all-seeing eye on me, Gabriel. I'm flattered. Well, I could offer something about how a shepherd leads even the most wayward of his flock. But it might sound disingenuous. She has to have Catholic funeral, Father. She has to. Angela, it's still considered a mortal sin. She didn't commit suicide. The bishop believes otherwise. You know the rules, Angela. Oh, rules. Father. David. This is Isabel. God was the only one she ever believed loved her. Sorry. I've been seeing some unusual soul traffic might consider giving me an extension. Do your side some good these days. He's still trying to buy your way into heaven? What about the minions I've sent back? That loan should guarantee my entry. How many times have I told you? That's not the way this works. Why haven't I served him enough? What does he want from me? Only the usual. Self-sacrifice. Belief. I believe for Christ's no, sake. No, no, you know. And there's a difference. You've seen. I never asked to see. I was born with this curse. A gift, John. One that you've squandered on selfish endeavors. I'm pulling demons out of little girls. Who's that for? Everything you've ever done, you've only ever done for yourself. To earn your way back into his good graces. Possible rules, endless regulations. Who goes up? Who goes down? Why? You don't even understand us. You're the one who should go to hell, Halfbreed. So, first off, the Halfbreed thing at the end, he calls anybody that's on this planet that's not supposed to be here, who's like, I don't know if it's been necessarily cast down to Earth, or that lives on Earth, as he kind of explains it a little later on. Yeah. But I'm still in the little bit of a gray area, at least at this point, mm-hmm. right? It, but it's anybody who's here, if they're half angel, half human, and they're here, or, or half, half demon, yeah. half uh, human, 
And, and, and if you're half demon and half angel, you're Dante. There you so, go. That'll make cry. And you're going to go and use your gun to go around and juggle people up in the air. Guns. Guns. Oh, I'm so, no, he has Ebony a shotgun, too. and ivory. Like a money <laughs> side by <laughs> side on <laughs> my piano. <laughs> well, okay, so That's singing for scene. Dave right there. <laughs> <laughs> one, one scene for... Oh, I'm about that scene that I liked was when her wings popped out. Yeah, and you can see it with, like, she has the giant wings, and then when Angela looks at her, she doesn't see anything. That's, because it yeah, just shows that you can't, she doesn't see that world, mm-hmm. and John can, so he knows it. And I love that line that she says, he's like, I believe, she's like, well, there's, a, she's like, you know. And there's a difference between you believe and you know, which I thought was, like, it's really poignant. There, This movie, at times, with the dialogue, pisses me the hell off. And then other times, I fucking love it. And I really like that line of dialogue. Uh-huh. And I like this conversation between the two of them as well. You know, it's obvious that you, you don't know who Gabriel is. And, and I think Constantine does this well in where you don't know who these characters are. And, and you hit it on the nail, uh, the head on the nail earlier when you said that you don't get a... And it's not an origin story. But and everybody feels like they've known each other forever, mm-hmm. and you're okay with that as a viewer. Yeah, and that's exactly. I think that makes the film so much better because even though I'm not familiar with this, I know that they're familiar with each other for this film, mm-hmm. and it it obviously shows, and it shows with the next guy that's going to be coming up in a bit. But I, again, it's kind of that weird situation where you have like him. He he does all this stuff, and she's true in saying that. <laughs> You do this because you believe that it's going to get you to heaven. No. Regardless if you're helping the little girl and the fact that you're trying to pull demons out of their ass or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's not for them. It's he's, not to he, save them. He turns into, so what's his name? Chris Hardwick? He's like, <laughs> not Chris Hardwick. Uh, no, not Chris Hardwick. Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. You know, Chris Hansen shows up. Were you talking about Gabriel becoming Chris Hansen? Why don't you sit over there pulling demons out of where? Little girls? Well, I meant John Wick. Or, no, John. See, now you got me saying John Wick. John Constantine turning it's into... Winston Teen. Winston Teen. Um, him turning into uh, Chris Hansen just like, you got a demon, huh? Let's wait for it to show up. Let's, let's what are you doing with that uh, six-pack of... Smeared off ice, rope, and lube. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, he runs again outside. He runs into uh, Angela. And he basically like kind of says, you know, it's all kind of a joke. You know, what God is doing to everybody and seeing everybody out there. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell, like you said, this is not... Like, part of it makes me feel like it's meant to be, like, sarcastic. Mm-hmm. But the way that Keanu is playing it... It just makes it seem like brooding yeah. rather than like he's trying. Like, it's obvious that that's kind of supposed to be like a joke. And maybe somebody that was a little more charismatic in the role, like, let's say a Ryan Reynolds. If Ryan Reynolds was trying to do it, he might be more of the funny, fun loving type mm-hmm. of Constantine. I'm not saying that he's going to be, but, you know, this is definitely more of a darker type of character. Yeah, and honestly, let me just throw this in here real quick. If they do decide to make an updated Constantine movie, and I know DC's retarded, they don't want to be like 
um, Marvel and, you know, have all their stuff intertwined, you know, they want to keep them separate. Like the TV from the movies, I don't think if they, the same actors, I, I really TV. hope they would use him in, in the, um, in a the, movie. The one from the I TV think be show. Perfect. He's perfect. the guy right now. And this is a show that oh, I think oh, I need to go out and me. check on as well. You're, you're more than excused. Uh, so from here, we follow Constantine around, and, and he's walking away, probably buying another pack of cigarettes from that gas station that's behind him. Then all of a sudden, he starts, like, feeling a little odd, and this demon comes out and attacks him. And it's like a homeless, looks like a homeless, like a homeless guy, guy. But, yeah, he was, like, all bugs. Yeah, I, I really like the design of the creature. Mm-hmm. And I think that this scene actually works relatively well. Now, again, this is 2005, like, computer graphic stuff. And so it, you know, it doesn't look as clean as some of the stuff that you can see today. But was, I still thought it looked really yeah. good and still held up. Mm-hmm. Like, you see a lot of this stuff, and you're like, oh, man, this doesn't really hold up at all, you know. And I was, they definitely put a lot of money into this movie to make it look as good as it did. Yeah. So he gets attacked by the demon. And he's able to actually use what? What was the thing that he used to actually stop this demon? He used the the um the beetle the, the shrieking beetle shrieking beetle thing. Beetle, that's yeah. right. For some reason, that totally it. escaped my mind. Yeah. So he uses the shrieking beetle, and like all the bugs like scatter everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then there's a crab left on the ground, and I put in my notes, "Don't kick the crab." What the those like? You saw a couple of bugs, and then all of a sudden the crab just crawled out of nowhere. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is the crab doing?" So he decides after he's been attacked by this monster to go and visit Papa Midnight, and he goes and Papa Midnight runs this place, uh, and it's got a very interesting way of actually entering the bar. I know where you're going, John. I know where you're going. You're going to Midnight's. Is it supposed to be waiting in the cab? It's a haven for those who rise and those who fall. I remember reading about this truck. You read too much, kid. It's a bar. It's a bar? It's a bar. Papa Midnight is a crusader for good. He swore the oath of neutrality. John, the man's a legend. Yeah. Can you please get me into this bar, John? Please? I'm begging you. John, please? Please? Sure, you can get in. I can get in? If you can get in. What? I can get in. It's a bear, though, right? Or two ducks in a two ducks in a cloud? Two frogs on the bench. Two frogs on a bench. No, 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 no. I'm with, I'm, I'm with the guy you just... John! John! So, what he's showing him is he's showing him a card. And for them to get in, and that's where he makes the joke earlier. Oh, it's like two bears on a unicycle. Or, um, you know, it could have been anything, really. Yeah. Uh, but if there's an image on the card, and the bouncer, John, knows what it is right away. Like, he's able to use his telepathy or ESP. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck he's using it? I don't know. X-ray vision? I mean. X-ray vision. <laughs> Man, John John Constantine uh, has so many goddamn... I'm just going to start a fucking call him John Wick. <laughs> this, is, this is John. John Wicks Constantine. Um, he's, he has so many powers that I didn't know about. Uh, but when, you know, uh, Chaz tries to go up to the door, he's not able to see what exactly is on the back of the card. And some, like, princess thing. What What's so funny here? I'm just thinking, <laughs> John Wick is John Constantine. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to stay out of all this, but they possess my dog. <laughs> <laughs> And now they must pay. <laughs> Are you exercising people? <laughs> I guess I am. Yeah. 
Give me my sweatpants. <laughs> oh, that sounds like it's like Samuel Jackson joining in this thing now. Give me my sweatpants. Which ones? The ones that say badass motherfucker on them. <laughs> so he ended up popping in his bar. And this bar is like, like again, like Chaz said, it's a haven for those that have come from either heaven or have come from hell. And they all go inside this place. John Wick. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, yeah, were the Russians inside here, too? No, remember, they, they said, like, there's no... Yeah. It's an even right. ground. There's no... There, there's no... Whether there's a demon, angel, or you're a you demon fighter. Shit, yeah, right? this is um, Switzerland. Yeah, neutral exactly. Ground. This is new, neutral ground for Papa Midnight. And so they're not allowed to fight or anything like that. And so he does go into the back, and we meet Papa Midnight for the first time. And who is he? He's the guy from uh, from Never Back Down, the teacher. Oh, he's also saying he's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, the first person that Star-Lord meets. Him too. Yeah. <laughs> so he's come to Papa Who? Midnight because he wants to use the chair. You've been absent some time. Have you come here with relics to sell? No, I'm not, but now I've been too busy. Perhaps battling forgeries has ended up being bad for your health. Midnight, Jesus. I thought the thing was authentic. I see now. Your health is bad for other reasons. How long? A few months, maybe a year. I thought I heard thunder last night. Must have been sitting stomach growling. You're the one saw he'd come up here himself to collect. So I've heard. Well, I am most certain you did not come here for a sympathetic shoulder to cry on. A demon just attacked me right out in the open on Figueroa. They don't like you, John. How many have you deported back to hell? Not some angry half-breed midnight, a full-fledged demon here on our plane. Clearly, I do not have to remind you that is impossible. And yesterday, I saw a soldier demon try to chew its way out through a little girl. Listen, John. Demons stay in hell, angels in heaven, the great detente of the original superpowers. Thanks for the history lesson, Midnight. You've been a tremendous help. Now, I need to use the chair. John, forgetting the fact that it would almost certainly kill you, you know I am neutral. And as long as the balance is maintained, I take no sides. For you, a bartender. You were one witch doctor against one. Thirty Ashkar. And I... You were Constantine. The John Constantine. Once. This isn't the usual game. I can feel it. Something's coming. Oh, spooky. Oh, who is that at the end of that clip? Balthazar? Well, Gavin Rossdale himself. Oh, that's true. Balthazar, yes. This is the screen debut of Bush lead singer Gavin Rossdale, who really has nothing, nothing since. <laughs> like, like he's had like like walk on roles for like TV shows, but he hasn't actually done it. Like in the beginning, you didn't yeah. recognize him. well because he has his like hair all slicked back. He's got the pinstripe suit. He's the demon man, half demon man. I mean, if you're gonna cheat on Gwen Stefani, I mean, I mean, if, I guess, I mean. 
Asshole. If you like uh, cheated on my wife. On your wife. <laughs> so wait, does that mean that she's been cheating on you with him for years? It's okay, I let her. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, baby. You do who you want Quist- as long as you bring me the money. <laughs> Quistify can do no wrong. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's terrible. So he exchanges words with Gavin here, and then he leaves for the night. And when he goes back home, somebody else has showed up at his apartment. And who might that be? Well, that'd be, uh, Angela. <laughs> Angela has showed up, and she knows more about Constantine. Now, before I get into this, I should say with that clip, like, you can, again, you can tell that something's happened between the two of them, like, but you don't know exactly what, and whatever turned Papa Midnight into, like, more of a pacifist, even though he used to be like a crusader for good. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, these are those things in this film, like, I feel like they hit all these points to, like, get the fans of the comics, like, yeah. okay, here's the references for you, we're doing this, and everything's well, see, great. And, that's what I, and it makes me want to actually know more about these characters. Exactly, and that's one thing that is good, and that I wish more comic books would do. It's like, you don't need to change things so, to try to make it make more sense, because, um, you're trying to make it for the fans, for the people that aren't real comic book fans. You know what I mean? Like, stick to the story material. There's a reason why you're making this movie because it's popular for a reason. So don't change it just to try to make it make more sense. Exactly. And I think this is, again, a film that does that relatively well. So, uh, Angela is now there at Constantine's door and she needs his help because she wants to know more about maybe what she might have been involved in. And she believes that she wasn't murdered. My sister was murdered yesterday. Sorry to hear. Thanks. She was a patient at Ravenscar. She jumped off the roof. Thought you said she was murdered. Yeah, well, Isabel wouldn't have taken her own life. Yeah, what kind of mental patient kills herself? That's just crazy. Look, I've heard your name around the precinct. I know the circles you travel in, the occult, demonology, exorcisms. Just before my sister was committed, she became deeply paranoid. She started talking about demons, angels. Now, I think someone got to her, Mr. Constantine. I think they brainwashed her into stepping off that roof. Some kind of legion or or cult. Sounds like a theory, Detective. Good luck. So, he's a real big fucking asshole in this movie. Mm-hmm. Especially to Angela here in the beginning. Because he doesn't really want to get involved. And again, it's that like thing of... And you could almost say this. maybe this film is the precursor to him being more of the sarcastic, like, realizing type of person. Like... Uh-huh. Especially the way that things end in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely here, it's just kind of like, he's cold, he's mean, he's just, whatever, okay, so your sister was, my sister was murdered. That's nice. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong? Why are you telling me this? <laughs> yeah, exactly, he's like, he really doesn't give a shit of, of what's going on. So he really just kind of brushes her off, like, yeah. completely. Like, until, he sees something fly by the door when he kicks her out of the house. 
Or the window. Or the window. Or whatever the place that he's living. I say house, but it's like his apartment. It's like a, like one of those, um, like they do in Oakland where like they turn a warehouse, they turn a floor into a, into a, into an actual loft or something like that. And so he sees this demon fly by, which means that they're interested in her in some way, shape, or form. So he runs down outside and he has an interesting conversation with her. Detective. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager? Kind of standing bet for the souls of all mankind. I tell you to stand your meds. Humor me. No direct contact with humans. That would be the rule. Just influence. See who would win. Okay, I'm humoring you. Why? Who knows? Maybe just for the fun of it. No telling. Oh, so it's fun. It's fun when a man beats his wife to death. It's fun when a mother drowns her own baby. And you think the devil is responsible. People are evil, Mr. Constantine. People. You're right. We're born capable of terrible things. But then sometimes something else comes along and gives us just the right nudge. Well, this has been real educational, but I don't believe in the devil. You should. He believes in you. Okay, so there's a couple things that kind of strike me as odd within this conversation that they have here. Mm -hmm. The first one is the fact that she says she doesn't believe in the devil. And it kind of led me to the thought that maybe in the beginning that wasn't Angela, it was Isabel, because she's saying that Isabel was the devout Roman Catholic, but she's not, yet she goes to confession. Mm -hmm. So, But, but like, you know, it's that was Angela in confession. So that's what I'm saying. I think think she's fighting with her religion inside of herself like she tried to shut so much stuff off like she's she's trying to say i don't believe in the devil but just, just in, in case. case this is like well then she's the other side of like constantine right because constantine is basically yeah. doing the same thing he's trying to avoid going to devil the to the devil to, uh, hell. to hell uh because he knows it exists yeah. she's has she says she doesn't believe in it but she's like putting in her insurance in there just yeah. in case. Oh well, in case the it's oh real. shit insurance. <laughs> yeah, the oh shit. The uh, I'm only going to show up on Christmas Sunday and have a confession every once in a while. And when I used to go to church, that's the people I hated. Christmas and Easter, the only times you show up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. why? Why only to those masses? You know what I mean? And there's but, a, there's something really interesting too at the end of this, towards the end of the film. Um, I'm not going to give away one of the twists of the film yet. What the twist? Uh, <laughs> but it also brings like those type of people and that question kind of up mm-hmm. in in the way that everybody's kind of doing it. Well, one thing I liked is I'm saying like their take on the whole thing of you know that not that the devil and um and God aren't necessarily fighting each other. It's just a game to them. Yeah, like, they don't interfere with each other. They yeah, let we're, man we decide won't interfere with each do. other, but we can send people to, in, like, you know, an angel. We can send a a demon to influence, you know. But but they don't directly affect well, exactly. the lives of exactly. everybody. So, once they finish talking, then all of a sudden the lights start going out. Everything becomes super dark, and then a bunch, like, a shit ton of demons just show up. They're all these winged demons. Mm-hmm. And they all start flying towards Angela. Probably herpes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a physical representation of gonorrhea. Or not, and not herpes. Attack. I'm sorry. Harpies. Harpies. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag herpes, not harpies. Or herpes, <laughs> not herpes. 
hey, <laughs> you found your corn trees. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the harps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, in this scene, I like how he's, as he's saying this stuff to her, he's like preparing something, you know. You know that he knows something's going yeah, to happen. And he knows what exactly what to do. And then he unleashes his like bright, bright light. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like, I think again, one of the things that was given to him by that other dude in the beginning of the film. I'm, I'm not sure. Or is that it, it something looked, he just has? He, he pulled out like it was like a some paper. It was like a paper or cloth or something. He wrapped. Yeah, it was cloth. His, no, it was yeah, cloth. Yeah. Around his hand. But I don't think he got. It. I think he did with something he had on him. So you, and maybe that is the yeah. case. But he is able to back all the demons off, and then he realizes that hey, you know, they're not after me. They're after you. Yeah. And so he goes back to her apartment, and uh, bouncing around. <laughs> That's another thing this film does that I actually really like too at the same time, but it's annoying at the other time. Um, and we'll talk about that again later. We keep talking about these things later. It's going to be fantastic. There's so many great things. It's like, it's like opening the, that pleasure box in Hellraiser. I'm going to show you so many great things when we get to that point. Um, so, uh, he basically, he's going to go and help her out and go see if her sister was actually murdered or she killed herself. Mm-hmm. And the what? How is he going to figure that out? He's going to go down to hell. Now, I was going to get a little bit of the audio, but it was only for one portion of it because he starts looking through all her things, and they realize that the cat that she has was her sister's. The cat's happened named Duck, and he's like Duck, and he's like, "Is it any weirder than going doing what you're doing? Like, kind of going into yeah. hell?" Because she's preparing a bunch of like water, and she mm-hmm. asks, "Should it have been hot water, or does it need to be lukewarm?" <laughs> I thought like, he was going to add that, like he's like, "Just give me a pot of water," and she's yeah. just like, "Hot, cold, cold, like, some ice in that uh, bitch." Which, which way I put is some am salt I to go? Yeah, <laughs> Epsom salt for you. Like yeah. this is like, a, and then he grabs the cat and he says the line, "Like cats are great because they're halfway to hell anyway." <laughs> 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 and I was like, "Fuck, that makes sense with my cats." Yeah. <laughs> Got that fucking demon cat that's sleeping over there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's over there. She's looking. Oh, actually, she's looking out the window, sleeping. But it makes total sense, you know. It's probably also the reason why you know she's, she's looking out the window, sleeping. Yeah, she's looking out the window, sleeping. Well, she's facing outside, sleeping. But I'm saying, as I was trying to say, was it makes sense why women are related to cats because they're probably also half in hell. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Life, I love man. you, ladies. Um, well, I love the ladies too. Don't get me wrong, but but yeah, you know, you know, I'm not. You've never heard men- of a male succubus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> terrible! Uh, so he then sends himself into hell, and by basically, I guess he's using the cat as the medium in between. He's not yeah. like killing himself. He's basically just going in there, and he only has so much time to look around and see if he can see anything. And the hell landscape looks really cool mm-hmm. like it's basically like earth but it's all red and it's all kind of slanted and you see it's like it's almost like a painting where somebody's taking the water and they've just kind of yeah. spread it off i can say it does look a hell of a lot better than the hell in spawn that's true it definitely <laughs> and the devil definitely looks a lot better than this film <laughs> spoiler well, that's not malboza <laughs> that's not malboza he's his we own found out thing. that he's his own thing uh, so you will leave my army now my mouth moves. <laughs> yeah. It's like he belongs in all those Godzilla films I've been uh, watching for the moment. His tongue's hanging out the whole time. Spawn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, you did that voice very well. Were you the voice of Malboja? Yeah, secretly. It, it, it wasn't Megatron, it. it was you. 
Because that guy was the voice of Megatron, too. Um, so... Starscream. <laughs> That's not Megatron. So he goes into hell, and like I said, the, the hell landscape looks really cool, and eventually he gets it, and he does see her sister, mm-hmm. who is now a resident in hell, and he comes back into the real world, and he explains to her, yeah, she actually did kill herself. And brought back that, um, her name, or the, uh, bracelet with the name, you know, like yeah. patient, na- the patient uh, name and yeah. everything like that, basically to prove to her that, hey, and I like, what we didn't mention is I like the scene leading up, because he tells her to leave, and then mm-hmm. as he's getting ready and you see the scene, and then all of a sudden, like, the water drop is dropping from the faucet, and it just stops. Yeah, like and, everything freezes. And he actually explains this again when he, they actually, like, they go out to dinner after this. Uh, but it makes you hungry. Yeah, I guess going into hell would probably give you quite a bit of an appetite if you weren't, uh. like, ready to go down there. So they go out and they have something to eat. And Constantine, and now, this is like the origin story that you get from him is really in this section. And I had to cut a little bit of the beginning out of it because I felt like it was too long. Well, there's something that happens in between this. Mm-hmm. Like, he basically starts kind of the story, and then you're also following that priest in the beginning... Uh, at the same time. Yeah, the one right? that drinks the, not hear the voices. Well, yeah, and that's what you find out. Like, mm-hmm. he goes searching. He, and earlier we didn't mention this either, uh, but he was like looking through the papers and eventually he hits his hand on one that says Isabella. That's the voice that he hears, so he goes to investigate it. Mm-hmm. And when he goes to investigate it and he goes down into the whatever morgue or wherever. He's in the um, morgue, yeah. Then he gets chased out by a demon, yeah. right? Which you don't see, but he's getting chased by... So he gets chased no, no, out no. by one of the guys down there. I don't think he gets chased. That's when the voice is just amplified. Oh, they amplify it. And then he goes, tries to go to the liquor store. And I know we're kind of like maybe skipping around a little more. And then we'll come yeah. back to the other thing. But um, he comes back. He goes to the liquor store. And I like this scene too so much. Because mm-hmm. uh, he goes and he tries to drink every single bottle. And none of them are pouring. And then he started snapping off the top. The, like he's the, breaking them and, and, and trying he's to just drink like them, hanging in the air, and uh, and then eventually you see Balthazar in the back uh, because, and this is explaining it's during this scene while he's explaining a little more to to uh, I'm about to say Isabel, but Angela of like what he sees. See, because when he was born, he was given the mm-hmm. gift to see both demons and angels. Yeah, and his parents thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so they did what anybody, he says, what anybody else would think when you're crazy. They sent him to an insane asylum where he had like electroshock therapy and stuff. And it made and, it like amplified. And it made it amplified. And so this is when they show, the, when he's talking about this, they show what happened to the priest. And what he actually did was he drank himself to death. Because. Yeah. He didn't realize he was actually drinking everything. Yeah. And that's when, and you hear it, I believe, in this clip. He says to them. That the, they can't interfere. All they can do is give you suggestions. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he did. But he was... And it's Balthazar that does this. Mm-hmm. But it made him think that he wasn't drinking that much. But he was really just drinking himself to death. Exactly. It was like to get illusion. rid of him. Yeah. So... And, and I really liked... Like I said, I really liked that scene and the, the, how it's solved. And you can hear, hear how uh, Constantine knows that hell really exists. Officially, I was dead for two minutes. But when you cross over, time stops. Take it from me, two minutes in hell is a lifetime. 
When I came back, I knew all the things I could see were real. Heaven and hell were right here, behind every wall, every window. The world behind the world, and we're smack in the middle. Angels and demons can't cross over onto our plane. So instead, we get what I call half-breeds. The influence peddlers. They can only whisper in our ears, but a single word could give you courage or turn your favorite pleasure into your worst nightmare. Those with the demon's touch, like those part angel, living alongside us, they call it the balance. I call it hypocritical bullshit. So when a half-breed breaks the rules, I deport their sorry ass straight back to hell. I don't get them all, but... I've been hoping to get enough to ensure my... retirement. I don't understand. I'm a suicide angel. When I die, the rules say I've got just one place to go. You're trying to buy your way into heaven. What would you do if you were sentenced to a prison where half the inmates were put there by you? I guess God has a plan for all of us. God's a kid with an ant farm, He's not planning anything. So, I know it started a little bit kind of into the clip because there was other things. Because he was talking about, like, there's that cool scene on the bus uh-huh. where he's looking out and he's... uh he's basically like looking at the old lady and her face kind of deteriorates. And then behind him, this is where you get the horror jump scare. Yeah. You got the demon behind him and, and doing that stuff. But he couldn't stand seeing the, the demons anymore and the angels anymore. So he tried to commit suicide. Yeah. And that's why you're saying he, well, he did, but he did. He died for back. two minutes and committing suicide is the ultimate sin, right? So, and it's one of those ways to stop people from doing that to themselves and saying, oh, well, you go directly to heaven and there's, or hell. <laughs> you go directly to heaven if you well, commit hold suicide. Hold on right now. <laughs> okay, oh, hold on. <laughs> I want eternal happiness, but you go directly to hell when you kill yourself. So you basically, um, he went to hell and he knows that even though they brought him back from the dead, he's going right back there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once that he's, he's all done, said and done. So it's, again, there's a lot of really cool themes within this, and you see the, and, and we were talking actually while the clip was playing, and like with the priest, the, the voices that he hears isn't just the people, it's all the demons and angels basically trying to reach out to him, and he can hear the whole landscape of what's going on, and that's why he has the stuff to, to hold everything back. So they get the call, and they find out that the priest has actually been killed, and they run into the store. They see the fact that he's dead. He grabs the necklace at this point, And then they go over to Isabel's room at the hospital where he tries to get Angela to see what she, what Isabel saw because she, she's a twin, right? Mm-hmm. And because, and he believes that she has some of that latent power as well. Angela explains that Isabel was a psychic. And could see some of the same things and hear some of the same things that Constantine can see. So they had the powers of kids, but her mom and her dad basically, well, let's let Angela say the whole thing. Walk off the roof of a building without leaving something behind. And I showed you everything she left behind in that box, but feel free. 
Maybe she left something else. Not something a cop would find. Something just for you. You were a twin, Angela. Twins tend to think alike. I'm not like my sister. You were once. When you were kids. And you'd spend every second with each other. You'd start a sentence, she'd finish it. You'd get hurt, she'd cry. That was a long time ago. That kind of bond doesn't just disappear. There is nothing here. Hey! She planned her death in the She thought it up great deal. I knew your sin. She knew you'd come. She counted on you to see what she saw, feel what she felt, know what she knew. What did she do, Angela? How should I know? What did she do, Angela? I don't know. What would you do? I don't know. What would you do? I don't know. What did she do, Angela? You know what she did. I don't know. What did she do, Angela? I don't know. You know what she did. What are you afraid of? What did she do, Angela? What did she do? I don't know! What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> That's I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are. What's in the fucking box? That's what I He's like expecting to start yelling. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Okay, so that again. We'll play the this. Uh, who acted worse in this scene <laughs> with less emotion? <gasps> what did you do, Angela? I don't know. What would you do, Angela? I don't know. What would you do, Angela? I don't know. What would you do? I don't know. Whoa. I don't what fucking do? know. <laughs> oh my god, this is <laughs> seriously like a terrible fucking scene. These are the scenes like this in this film that piss me off because you have this really kind of cool scene where he's talking to her and he's explaining why he he's gonna go to hell and you know he kill himself and you got these really cool horror elements to it and then you get this scene where neither of them. Neither of them are expressing any type of fucking emotion throughout the whole thing. And he's trying to, like, get her to, like, you have these latent abilities and you have to go see these. And I'm just trying to break it out of you and blah, blah, blah. And then she's, oh, I don't know. Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> it's it's too much. I just can't deal. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, of course, she kind of understands what's going on and then she tells him that she needs to be able to see exactly like Isabel saw. It wasn't just Isabel. I used to see things too. But you already knew that, didn't you? Go home, Angela. I need to understand. You don't want to know what's out there. Trust me on this. I'm stronger than Isabel. Your sister embraced her gift. You denied yours. Denial is a better idea. It's why you're still alive. Stick with me. That'll change. I need another ghost following me around. John, they killed my sister. I'd trade places with her if I could. I used to pretend that I didn't. That I didn't see things. And by the time we were ten, they started forcing her to take antipsychotics and have treatments. And they would come for her and she'd look at me and she'd say to me, Tell them. Why don't, why don't you tell them, Angie, that you can see him too? But I lied. I said, I don't see anything. Until one day, I finally stopped seeing. I abandoned her, John. I left her all alone. I need to see what she saw. You know, Angela, the denial's not just a river in Egypt. Yeah, I should know. I've been to Egypt with Brandon Fraser. 
The mummy. (laughs) So, of course, Constantine decides that, yes, he's going to actually give her the ability, well, to give her psychic abilities back. And what's the way that they're going to do it? Why, by giving her a near-death experience. Now, do you want to, like, have your powers back that badly? Yeah, for real. And then, well, it's like, he didn't really explain how he was going to do it. No, he's just like, okay. Exactly, because she questions it. Why water? It's a universal conduit. Lubricates a transition from one plane to another. Now ask me if there's water in hell. So water in hell. Normally only a portion of the body has to be suspended, but... You wanted the crash course. So, um, so what's going to happen? Lie down. What do, you, what do you mean, lie down? You have to be fully submerged. For how long? As long as it takes. You're, you're going to do what to me? <laughs> this is, like, almost sound like it was going into a, um, a porno there. Yeah, the, the crash course. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to put what in me? <laughs> you be what? submerged. What's, what's the water? It acts like a lubricant. <laughs> no, Wait, it's not. Condiment. <laughs> Wait. What? Conduit. Conduit. Condiment. Condiment. He's going to eat the fuck out of her. Wait a Whoa. second. <laughs> this is the Constantine porno you never knew that you wanted. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> That's not mean. Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> so he dunks her into the water, and she's just like, all right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sweet. All right. What's happening Wait. yet? You gonna lift me up? Um, hey, hold, hold, you gonna lift hey, me up? Hold on. Hey, hey, son of a bitch! You're fucking dying here, man! <laughs> fucking dying! <laughs> Yo, you. <laughs> she just starts freaking out, and he's just holding her. <laughs> and then eventually he lets go, and that's when the whole you get that trailer scene where the tub explodes with the water because she almost died, but that gives her back. All of her powers mm-hmm. that she used to have as a kid that she denied up until this point in the film. Uh, and, and that immediately clues her in onto what was going on and leads her to a clue that sends them over to Balthazar's place. Mm-hmm. And they get there and he gives her the charm that he got from the priest and says, wear this. And here's the first, like, fake out kiss of the entire fucking movie. And they keep doing this shit, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, every time they're getting close. And, like, are you gonna kiss me? Yeah. I'm gonna kiss he's, you. He's like, you wanna no. kiss me? It's like that, it's that scene in fucking 21 or 22 Jump Street. I don't, <laughs> don't fuck, I'm not gonna fucking kiss you. No. You wanna kiss me? No, don't, don't, don't. I don't wanna fucking kiss no. you. No. <laughs> so they, like, get really close to each other. And then he ties the necklace around her neck and says, wear it for protection. Of course, the bitch takes it off. Um, and he says to stay in the car. And she doesn't stay in the car, but you know, he goes I up to... I know best, bitch. He goes stay up in to, the car. Exactly. He goes up to Balthazar's place, and then we get Mr. Droopy Face for a second, and I actually like that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, he's looking, he's got all these mirrors on his walls to, like, look at himself, because look, I'm fucking Gavin Rossdale, and I need to be looked at for a second. Yeah. So, he's looking in the mirror, then all of a sudden you see the side of his face start drooping down, and then he's like, huh? Huh? And then, blam! He gets blasted by Constantine's gun uh, through Dragon the wall. Breath, yeah. 
And oh yeah, he gets the dragon breath first because that blows the the hole yeah. in the wall. And then there's a little fight between them. Uh, you know, he overpowers him, and then you get probably one of my favorite scenes besides another scene uh, towards the end of the movie. Oh, we'll see you very soon. Not really, no. You can't cheat it this time. You're going back to hell. True, but you're not. What are you doing? I'm reading you your last rites. Spare me your remedial incantations. You do know what it is to truly be forgiven, to be welcomed into the kingdom of God. Do you know heaven? Love to be fly on that wall. You're not a priest. You have no power. Just tell me how my mother is crossing over and you can go back to your shithole. you the pardon of all your sins. Whosoever sins you remit on earth, they are remitted unto them in heaven. How? How's he? Grab your child and tree into thy kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blood. So he basically tricks Gavin Rossdale into giving him the information by saying, hey, I'm going to bless you back into heaven. And I thought that was great. When he started coming up there, I was like, oh, that's hella smart. Like, yeah. angels and, and don't want to go to hell. Well, yeah. demons don't want to go to heaven. Exactly. So that'd I, be their torture. That's like, think, for example, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> when Frieza gets sent to hell, he's like in this happy, you know, he can't move or nothing, but around these happy creatures and... Exactly. Hey, Mr. Frieza! It's the happy morning song! Let's go, everybody! <laughs> you know? and, he, and he just wants to fucking kill himself, because that's his personal hell. Yeah. And he's all happy. It's like, we're, you know, Sedan uh, in the South Park thing, and they send him to heaven to be with the Mormons, rather yeah. than tr- you know, try to rule in hell and everything like that. Where the hell was I going to go? Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> So I thought this was like a well done use of it. And of course, he gets the information out of him, then he kills Balthazar, well, kind of kills him, mm-hmm. uh, shatters him into a bunch of pieces. And this is where the, the makeup is not the best, is no. when it's on top of him, on top of Gavin Rossdale. But I don't know if that's Gavin Rossdale or if that's no, it's a- Balthazar. Balthazar. Well, we should also <laughs> play the game of right now if who acted better in this scene, Gavin <laughs> Rossdale or Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I'm going to give it to Keanu. I'm going to give it to Keanu on this one, too. See, this is the Constantine I think that's like more current. Like, the way that he treats with him, he's not the dark and brooding guy. He's more of the, like, sarcastic, like, mm-hmm. quick on his feet, like, kind of enjoying torturing him with what he's going to do. Yeah, and I thought, even though, yeah, like you were saying, who's, like, overacting or whatever, 
or who, who acted it better. I think this still was a really good scene between them two. It was. I think that you could, again, you don't know like much of what the stuff is back, but the back and forth between yeah. them, you know that there's an experience that exactly. something has gone between them, even if you don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, Rachel Weiss shows up, uh, Angela shows up when she's not supposed to. Without her charm. Without her charm, without everything else. And then, like, he makes a quip because he's like, oh... You, you brought her right to us. Ha 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 ha. Cause they really need her to yeah. do what they need to do. And so that's when he puts them into pieces. I think we did miss a scene though. Which scene was that? When they kill the guy who brought all his, all the tools and all that. Cause that was, she was with him. I think that was right before he made her be able to see what he could see. But remember they killed the guy. He had the, um, the Bible thing. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. Balthasar actually is the one that kills, kills the friend, and that's another friend, one of the reasons the why they're guy, doing yeah. He's treating him the way that he's treating and him. And remember, he said he liked bugs, and he killed him. He had bugs coming he out of his face. He had bugs all of his face and, and everything like that. Yeah, and that's I think that's a relatively that's, well done scene and, as well. And that's one of the reasons why he went also went after Balthazar. Yeah, because he figured that he can get revenge for that. Yeah. At the same time, get what he needs to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, good memory. It's, it's one of those things that's not in the notes that I have. Because it... <laughs> Even though he died, there wasn't really any type of connection to that character. So that's where I think maybe I skipped over that part just a little Mm -hmm. bit. So now that Rachel's there, all of a sudden things start going a little strange. And you get that kind of cool scene where she's dragged out through the building. And she's just pulled away like she knows something's coming because now she can feel it. And she can see everything. And then all of a sudden she's like, and then just goes... Boom, and pulled. The thing that kind of cracked me up was she went through like four walls before Constantine started running. I and know. Then, but next thing you know, he's like right there. Yeah. Like, he caught like, up to her. He just thinks, he looked over, he's like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be running after her. <laughs> he just starts chasing after her with the, he had the dragon's breath out. He's just running. Yeah, fuck, 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 fuck. And, and then she gets pulled out And she the gets window. pulled out through the window and then he, he's just looking there. You go back over to Balthazar who's in pieces and he's looking up at somebody. You don't know who it is and saying, oh, we did the whole thing. Now bring me back. And then she kills. Well, he gets killed. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. And so then we go off and we have, uh, Constantine goes back to Papa Midnight's well, because they do show who it is, right? No, because not yet. You get it. You get it later on in the vision. Okay. In the vision, you get a little bit of what what's going you're on. Right, you're right. You're right. But uh, well, not really in the vision. It's really when he does his like hand thing, um, and which we'll talk about in a bit too. Um, so well, you you do get a little bit. In the yeah, there's two people that are involved. You're right, but one of them didn't kill him here. It was the other one. No. I have to be cryptic because I still don't want to ruin things as you're going through it or talk about things really early before they happen. So he goes back to Papa Midnight's, and he has to convince Papa Midnight once again to use the chair, and he wants him to grant him a last request. Have you lost one little mind you have? No. I need to use the chair. I offer no aid to one side or the other. The balance. Screw the balance. You there? In my arm? Is this neutral? Pull 
shit. You're the only one still playing by the rules, Midnight. And while you've been imitating Switzerland, people are dying. Hennessy, Beeman, they were your friends once, too, remember? I need your help. Consider it a last request. So he does convince Papa Midnight that he should be able to use the chair, and that's where we kind of get the next set of images. He throws himself uh, onto the chair, and you get that scene that you from the trailer where he's like got the water. He throws the water on the mm-hmm. ground, and the feet are cold, and then he lights that shit up. Yeah. Real quick, I want to say, and I forgot about this until you just said it. The fact that the um, the um, priest's name was Hennessy and he was always drinking. <laughs> he was always drinking <laughs> yeah. all the time, yeah. So, the other thing is, too, what we didn't mention in the other scene was about the Spear of Destiny. Because when he talked about the blood of Christ, uh, Balthazar did, mm-hmm. he also explained to uh, Angela that the blood of Christ can is going to bring back the devil or the devil's son, supposedly, or whatever it's going to bring the end of the world, with Balthazar, Balthazar saying, um, and that the uh, blood of Christ is actually dried onto the sphere, the, the spear there at the edge of it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why they need to get that back. So he takes the deep dive into the chair. He basically shocks him, uh, electrocutes him, and he says there was at least 200 souls that were claimed by that chair in Saigon, too. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit, like... You see that he's become kind of, I guess, like a relics dealer, like you kind of explained it in the beginning. Yeah. And then yeah. you actually get to see the room full of all the relics. And it's one of the things I like about this film, too, is there's stuff that they talk about that they bring back. Mm-hmm. And you actually get to visually see a lot of the stuff or lines come back uh, to like further other parts of the movie. Yeah. So he has the vision and he actually sees who is involved in this whole plan. And it happens to be the son of the devil. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the guys, and the son of the devil is trying to come back onto Earth. And he's the one that's kind of... Now, is it that he's controlling the guy that got the spear? Uh, or th- is he, like, is that like a minion that's taken over the body that's bringing it closer? I, I don't know. It's, they didn't really explain that. Yeah, they didn't. And we see that Angela and uh, that, that guy are, like, fighting because she gets dumped off in the place where Isabella killed herself. Yeah. And so she is kind of trapped back there, and he has to figure out how to get her, basically save her. And that's when, uh, you know, Chaz shows up to help put together a plan to how to save Angela. Which is, we something we kind of skipped over is, when Constantine goes back to see Midnight, he just basically... Knocks out the bouncer and yeah, that's and um, and Chaz, Chaz actually gets back like, in. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> I'm with him. <laughs> I'm with him. I'm now up in this bitch. Uh, so they do explain how they're going to actually go and, and get her. And how exactly do you intend on getting close enough to use these? Well, they did not leave her on guard. Half breeds are most vulnerable when their when their outer skin is breached by holy water. Certain objects, most notably either of the two crosses of Steria, have been used by even the unordained to bless and sanctify all commonly occurring waters. Even rain. Maybe. There's no use sitting on the bench if you're not ready to play, right? So you wouldn't 
happen to have one of those enchanted crosses sitting around here in the cabinet or something, maybe we could take with us. Look, John, no offense, I, I just don't think that it's a great idea, you know, you going on a solo mission to save the world. I, that's, that's what I, that's my vote. I don't know what Pops thinks, but that's... Take him, John. Get him after. So, I, I didn't quite get that specific, like, line there where he says, you let him join you and then you can kill him after. Like, kill him because... Why? Like, because yeah. he knows too much? Yeah, or, I don't know. Or, or so that, that he's going to be... Quote, unquote, kill him so that he can join him and have the same powers. Maybe, yeah. Because, honestly, because he's, like, impressed with, you know, all that. And um, it's it kind of shows that, like, he's trying to show Constantine, like, hey, I am ready for more. I know more than you think, even though I'm acting like a dumb kid. Yeah, exactly. This is that, like, growing moment of the film, right? For him to show, hey, like you said... I know a hell of a lot more than mm-hmm. what I let on. So, and, and which also ties into maybe something at the end that I want to talk about as well. Uh, if you stayed through the credits. Yeah. Um, so they go over to the mental ward to go and save Angela. And now the room before them, and the reason why they're saying this is because in the vision they see that there is a ton of like demons possessing or half-breeds that are there that are guarding the way to where Angela is. And when yeah. he went through the door, then he started getting choked out, and that turns out the person that was choking him out was the devil's son, right? Mm-hmm. The guy turned into the devil's son. And so they break into this place, and of course Chaz goes into the where the water is. And this is the part that was bothering me about this as well, where he goes and takes the shotgun and he shoots open, like, the tank full of water. But it's got, like, the flammable symbol on top of the goddamn tank. It's, it's a holy gun. So it, but it's a holy It's a holy shotgun, yeah. so it doesn't light fire on anything. No, no, no. It's well, I think that the, the, the symbol is used wrong, because I think it's meant to symbolize that this is the water for all the sprinkler systems there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the fire water you know, the sp- yeah. sprinkler the thing. sprinkler for the fire. And it's not the, like, it's not flammable, which it's just, that, that's, that really like, come on guys, like make sure the symbol's right. Yeah. yeah you know, I got you. cause he's going through shooting. Like I can just imagine, all right, here's where the water is. Constantine, the plan's over. So he goes and, uh, then we actually see Constantine walk into the room when everything is ready to be done because he does stick the cross inside the water. Hi. My name's John. You are in violation of the balance. Immediately, or I will deport you. All of you. And so he sets the sprinkler system off, and that actually starts dropping holy water on everybody. And then he goes off on his, I'm going to kill a bunch of demon spree. Well, it's funny, too. So one, one of the uh, demons, one of the chicks, she's like, holy water? Yeah. <laughs> holy water? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Bob. We've been attacked by holy water. <laughs> Our plan might be... uh fucked (laughs) and this is probably one of the few like actiony sequences in the film Mm -hmm. we've really gone through a lot of this film this film is two hours long and there really is not a whole lot of action in this film and maybe that's one of the reasons why they felt it didn't do as well 
Mm-hmm. But I'm, I've been happy the entire film. Well, exactly. They're telling a story. It doesn't have to be in-your-face action all the time. And exactly. saving it for the end. So they get into the final room where they believe they've stopped everybody, but they're too late, and Angela has been possessed by the son of Satan. Mm-hmm. And so they attack... They go back and forth, throwing each other across the room, into the water and everything. And then they're able to actually get to the point where they start exercising Angela to get the son of the devil out of her. But instead of it, it, like, she loses, he loses control of her, but then he ends up in her stomach. And that's where I confused the one in the beginning. Because now it's like she's going to be giving birth to the Antichrist here. And everything seems to be going okay until Chaz takes, uh, well, he gets his ass kicked. And does he die? That's what I'm saying. Like, it, I was going to say about that. Like, he gets flung, and it's like, wait, is he? He didn't really like. It was bad enough to kill him. No, it he's doesn't. Like he got flung across the room, and but then it's just like Bleh. we have to assume that he's dead, I right? Guess. Because it looks like his neck got snapped or something like that. Uh, and that's when Constantine decides that he's going to use another power. Now, this I wish they had said something about because I have no idea what this is. And that's when he puts his two arms together. And I'm blocking the mic here while I do this because I'm actually having to do this in front of you. Yeah. And combines these two tattoos that he's got on his arms. I have. Do you know anything about that? No. Like I said, I'm still learning. So. And, and if anybody out there wants to tell us about it, please let me know uh, because I'm again I'm not the biggest Constantine or not really a full Constantine. My reference is this movie. But he's got these symbols, and basically he's using it to bring whatever's in the darkness uh, into the light by using darkness. Uh, so he brings together, and who happens to pop out of the darkness but Gabriel? Your ego is astounding. Gabriel, figures, and the wicked shall inherit the earth. You judging me now, John? <clears throat> Betrayal, murder, genocide? Call me provincial. I'm simply seeking to inspire mankind to all that was intended. By handing Earth over to the son of the devil? Help me here. (laughs) You're handed this precious gift, right? Each one of you granted redemption from the creator. Murderers, rapists, and molesters. All of you, you just have to repent. And God takes you into his bosom. In all the worlds, in all the universe, no other creature can make such a boast, save man. It's not fair. If sweet, sweet God loves you so, then I'll make you worthy of his love. I've been watching you for a long time. It's only in the face of horror that you truly find your noblest self. And you can be so noble. So, I'll bring you pain. I'll bring you horror. So that you may rise above it. So that those of you who survive this reign of hell on earth will be worthy of God's love. Gabriel, you're insane. The road to salvation begins tonight. Right now. So... I fucking love Tilda Swinton. I loved her in Doctor Strange as the Ancient One, and I'd love her here in this part of this movie as Gabriel. 
Like, that plan is completely insane. And basically what she's trying to do is she's trying to bring hell on earth so that man can actually prove themselves worthy of God. Because as she says, all man has to do is on his deathbed or her deathbed is basically say, I repent and be granted into the kingdom of heaven. The only thing that you can't use to repent yourself is suicide. That's the only way that you would not be able to get into hell. So, or get into heaven instead of going to hell. So, and maybe one of the other sins, but you can, you can do it. So, why not come back and basically, like, go, here's hell on earth, and now you gotta fight your way into heaven. So, I kinda find this right here. I'll maybe have you read it and understand what's about the tattoo, that second paragraph. Oh, so there is this, uh, image. It's very similar. It says, um, where it says in alchemy, I think. Yeah, it's it, the image is uh, sulfur of the philosophers. This is an alchemy. Sulfur represents soul, the fiery male element, the counterpart of Luna, Mercury, the female element of the celestial marriage, conjunctio. Uh, chemically, the red sulfur was a mixture of mercury and sulfur, the marriage of which also represented the spiritual goal of alchemical work. This emblem appears in the Constantine, the movie adaption of the Hellblazer comic book series, as a tattoo worn by a protective device by the title character used to summon the angel Gabriel. So, it's uh, basically, it's like Full Metal Alchemist, instead of him uh, having to use that to somebody else, summon somebody else, I guess, to, you know, use a part of something else yeah. to summon her, he just uses those alchemical symbols to bring her into being, basically. Yeah. And to which she... You know, promptly beats the crap out of him, blows him across the <laughs> exactly. room. So she, she definitely has an interesting plan. Like, mm-hmm. and it makes sense from this angle. Like, why is it that we get to be the ones that just basically say, okay, I repent and boom, we're allowed to go into heaven? Yeah. You know, why not have to fight for it? And it's just going to make that so much more glorious if you go ahead and do it. So let's bring on hell on earth. Yeah. And so she throws Gabriel, uh, or Gabriel, Gabriel throws Constantine out of the room and gets ready to basically stab, uh, Angela in the stomach with the death sphere of destiny. Mm-hmm. In the other room, he's really beat up. He doesn't know how he's going to be able to do that, like stop everything from happening, but he does think quick on his feet. And he decides to slash his wrists to commit suicide once again and bring back my favorite moment of the goddamn movie. If you don't like this movie, I'm, it's fine. But you can't hate on this part of the film. I think it is so well done. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the, and the actor's name escapes me right now, who plays Satan. And we'll probably look it up while this clip is being played. But it is so good. And it makes the rest of the movie worthwhile. So, let's listen to the first interaction between Satan and Constantine. Boo. What took you so long? Hello, John. John, hello. You're the one soul I would come up here to collect myself. Mm-hmm. So I've heard. You mind? Oh, go, go right ahead. I've got stock. Coffee now. Very fitting, John. And now when you cut you deep, you cut the tendons. Finger movement goes out the window. Let me help you. 
So I guess when you can't get a hold of God, you just have to call the devil to do your bid uh, to solve the situation that's going on. Um, and, and one of the things I, I thought was hilarious, he's like, hey, let me get a cigarette. And he's like, yeah, fuck it, I got time. Yeah. And then, you know, like, um, when he sliced his wrist, he cut the tendon, so he's having trouble with the lighter. And, and just the, the way he played, the devil plays it like off like, oh, he cut that deep, he you lose motor control. Let me help you with that. And then he like fucks with him too. Like yeah. he lights the lighter he's and like, he like moves it around so that he can't do it. And then eventually he allows him to light the, mm-hmm. like he's just toying with him for this moment. And it's Peter Stromer that yeah. plays the devil. And he's been in a bunch of things. Like you would recognize him if you saw him. I remember seeing him and I was like, Oh shit, it's that guy. But he's one of those guys, you know who he is. But you mm-hmm. don't know what his fucking name is. Yeah. You know, it's like a voice actor. You're like, mm-hmm. I know that voice actor. I know that voice. But who the fuck is it? Exactly. I don't know what he looks like. Um, so it's just really well done. Like, the interaction between the two. And again, it comes down to this. He's like, he even says, the only person that I would personally come and take their soul. Which is what was told to John Wick in the beginning of the film. And mm-hmm. he even goes, by, oh, so I've been by told. By midnight, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool that they bring back these things. And so... After he actually lets him light a cigarette, uh, the conversation continues. See? Sonny, I've got a whole theme park full of red delights for you. Aren't you, Peach? I didn't think you would make the same mistake twice. And you didn't, did you? So it's a family. Family's doing just fine. Busy, 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 busy. Need a vacation. Word is that kid of yours is a chip off the old block. Well, one does what one can. He's in the other room. Boys will be boys. With Gabriel. Hmm. No accounting for a taste, really. They have the spear of destiny. They have the spear of destiny. <laughs> or is it another one of your cons? Look for yourself. You've waited 20 years for me, though. What's another 20 seconds? So, now, if I remember correctly, in the Constantine... the world or in the dc world Mm -hmm. lucifer actually kind of becomes a good guy like once again i'm still learning so much so like lucifer and gabriel are are recognized like there was the show lucifer that was Mm -hmm. on fox a little while ago yeah and i believe this is the same lucifer uh as in as that is there because gabriel exists in that world too and that's this gabriel it's supposed to be like that lucifer show was supposed to be dc it's dc yeah i didn't know that yeah because it's based on Lucifer here. Hmm. It's it's interesting. I watched the first couple episodes of it, and I was like, kind of, hmm, it's not bad. Uh, but I just couldn't continue. I'm I'm bad at TV shows that aren't like easily for me to stream or, or no. anything like that nowadays. It's really difficult for me to sit down to the TV and be like, every week I'm the show. I have like five shows I do this for, and that's about it. And now is that time. So Tom I, Welling joined the cast of Lucifer. Well, there you go. So he goes over and he. Decides to go and check out what's happening in the other room, and he sees that Gabriel is about to stab 
Angela and that his son is about to come out into the real world. And so he goes there and everything, you know, time is completely stopped because Satan showed up and he's on his deathbed. And these are those two minutes where, where everything, or not the two minutes, but that point where everything yeah. stops and you take it either to hell or to heaven or wherever mm-hmm. you're going. And so he manages like to... it's purgatory. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you get to a little bit of purgatory at this yeah. section. So he goes over and he actually pulls out Angela from uh, underneath Gabriel and then Gabriel, when time kind of continues for that moment, and she stabs the ground, and then there's this conversation between them. This world is mine. In time. You, best of all of us, Gabriel, should understand. Ambition. Son of perdition. Little horn. <laughs> Most unclean. Mm-hmm. I do miss the old name. Time to go home, son. I will smite thee in his honor. Looks like somebody doesn't have your back anymore. So when this happens, he goes, uh, Gabriel goes to punch Lucifer, uh, but Lucifer, like, God stops Gabriel's hand. I've, I, either that or I take it as he's not, Gabriel's not blessed, like, you know, you have to have like a blessed or, you know, the ability to touch the devil and maybe See, he I guess you could take that. it. You could take it either way. Like, I feel like that God sees what's going on and that normally she would have some type of divine protection. Like, if she could actually fight him, mm-hmm. she'd be allowed to. And this was basically like, look, you fucked up. He's taking his son. He's banishing his son back to hell. He's doing, he's he's doing what he needs to do to agreement. keep our yeah. agreement. You're not. So I'm not going to let you punch him. Yeah. And so instead, he lets Lucifer punch the shit out of her. Yeah. And one thing I like to say too is that the way he talks, like he's like, there's like a hiss. I know, like, it's fucking so good. You know, like there's like how the devil's like a snake or whatever, but he has like when he's talking, he has a like. Well, me, I can you tell it's forced, but like that, it, it flows naturally with him with the hiss and the talking. Yeah, he does really do a, a really good job of continuing with those like weird lisps and mm. even the way that he moves, how he walks through the scene and how he's kind of like. It's weird because he's wearing this like white suit at the same time, but he's got like no undershirt and he's got his like chest open and bare. Like he's like hanging out. Like he just Miami Vice. Honestly, he's like playing Satan like this fun guy that's like also kind of evil at the same time. And I think it's just it's so well done that it's so enjoyable to watch. Like listening to him in this situation, it doesn't bring it justice to everything in the performance. So he's banished. Uh, his son Mammon back to hell. He's knocked the fuck out of Gabriel. He just got knocked the fuck out. And he goes back over to Constantine to find out what exactly he wants for doing, uh, for stopping this from all happening. So. So. Yeah, what do you want? An extension. My sister. Is. <gasps> What about her? <laughs> well, you're willing to give up your life so she can go to heaven. Mm. 
Fine. It's done. Time to go. John. So, I, I love that little thing. Like, you really want so she can go to heaven? And then he just, like, looks up and he's like, okay, I'm done. Let's go. And you hear the little, like, that was her going up or something. Like. <laughs> and, and then he does try to take John with him. So he grabs his arm and he's like, he's like really giddy looking. Like, I finally got him. He's coming back with me. Everything's going to be great. And then as he's pulling him and dragging him on the, the ground, scene. then all of a sudden, uh, he can't move. What's it, going and on? Like the ground's building like, up because he's like, yeah. he's trying to drag him and he's like planted he's in. He's become like, like super, like, say you're Dense. trying to move a giant thing of steel, mm-hmm. you know, raw steel just put together in a giant bar and you just can't move it anymore. Or it's just become this big dead weight. Yeah. You know, and he's trying to move him and trying to move him and trying to move and he can't do it. And he realizes that the fact that he knew he was going to die, but he still chose to have her sister go to heaven god has recognized that as a selfless act so he's allowing him to go into heaven yeah and that's the other thing too real quick is like he um about the devil right here at this part too he's like so what do you want an extension like right away he was just gonna be like all right you kept things balanced i'll give you more time yeah like he was is that to be like all right well you're still fucked so exactly he's I like thought that well, was Either I'll I'll get you right now, or I'm going to get you later because I'm still going to have you. Yeah, you know I'll give you more life if you want more life. No, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then so he starts to actually rise into heaven, and then you have you have Constantine flipping off the devil as he's going <laughs> up, and it's fantastic. And you got the devil uh, deciding uh, what he's actually going to do to him. The So he puts his hands like into the sides of his body and he keeps saying you will live and that's why I kind of cut that because it got just loud yeah. saying you will live. But he takes the cancer out of his body and basically brings him back to life. But he doesn't do anything to his wrists. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's that's what I was thinking at the same time. I'm like, great. He's going back, you know, he's alive now. Or, or if he brings him back to life that way, like he reaches in. Maybe he reached in, massaged the heart, got it started, got it going, and then pulled out the cancer. But he's still going to bleed to death in a yeah. second, right? Well, the other thing I was thinking is, Constantine's got to be thinking, Faster, man! Faster! <laughs> what? Why did you let him grab me? <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, God, look, don't look, be a dick. Look, I'm glad I'm extending into heaven, but I don't need the slow version. He's got me! Oh, damn it, I'm alive. Damn it, I'm alive. <laughs> and so... He does live. He goes over and finds Angela, who is back as well, and she's alive. She no longer has, is no longer going to give birth to Satan's son. Satan aborted it uh, for her. And then we see somebody showing up in the pool who happens to be Gabriel, alive now, and she's human. No problem. 
Human. You don't deserve to be human. Do you want revenge? Is that what you're thinking right now? I love that right there too. Yeah. We just socks her in the fucking bitch. <laughs> that's, that's pain. The, you know, Get used to it. <laughs> there was a cut scene that they, uh, or there was a scene that they cut out. I should say. Oh, okay. Yeah, after he hit her, he she got up, went to the kitchen, and made him a sandwich. Oh, Jesus Christ! I fell for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Constantine. No, oh, I'll go in the kitchen and make you a sandwich. I know my place now. Yeah, but she's androgynous. Um, so we don't know. Is she a man? Is she a woman? She's human, so she's... She's human she's now. now. So they basically leave her there, and she's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, okay. I'll still be here. You can still kill me. Because if he kills her, then she can just go to heaven. And she'll be back in heaven Would again. Would she, though? Well, maybe not. That actually is a debate. If She, she thinks that she will. Yeah. Let's say that. But will she? Who knows? She yeah. might not. So we then go outside, and we see that Angela and Constantine are talking to each other. And Constantine tells her that he's got a, got something for her. And again, it's one of those stupid things of the will they or won't they kiss. Uh, but of course they don't kiss. He gives her the Spear of Destiny. And he basically tells her, hey, take this, hide this in some place that nobody's going to figure out where it is. Not even Except me. for God, I guess, because God is always watching. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe the devil could figure out where it is, too. But, yeah, but he doesn't want... You know, he knows that that can undo the balance, so. Yes. So, the, he doesn't want. Send it back want... to the second hell, Mexico. Aww. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so he just tells him to go send it back, but to basically hide it somewhere and make sure that it's never seen again. And he does tell her that he'd like to see her again sometime soon. And that's where we think that we're going to have, uh, you know, a, a type of romantic interest. And I actually applaud this movie for faking it out. And not mm-hmm. having to have them end up together at the end of the goddamn movie. No. Even though we kind of like hint at it, we don't ever have to actually see it. Mm-hmm. And so from there, we see him and he, there's rustling that happens. And you think he's going to grab another cigarette, but instead he pops in a nicotine piece of gum. Mm-hmm. And then we get the final credits and the last bit of dialogue of the movie. I guess there's a plan for all of us. I had to die, twice, just to figure that out. Like the book says, it works its work in mysterious ways. Some people like it, some people don't.
normally I would say, and that was Constantine, but if you wait through the credits of the film, you get to see an extra stinger at the end of it, where he goes and we actually see that Chaz actually has died, and he's there at Chaz's grave, and then he turns around, begins to walk away, and then there's Chaz on top of the gravestone, now an angel, looks at him and flies away. Now, there are two ways to interpret this part of the ending. Was Chaz always an angel and falling around with him or because he did something good to save Constantine did he get sent up to heaven and was brought back as an angel to watch over Constantine from now on he was like a half-breed yeah so he became a half-breed to come down I lean a little more towards he was a half-breed always because he knew so much about everything and the fact that when Constantine was about to be killed in that fight with the demons, like he was about to be attacked, he saved his life. And the only way that he'd be able to save his life is if he could see the half-breeds. Mm-hmm. And so he had to be able to see the half-breed in that scene, which means I think that he has always had the power. Either he's had the power, he gained the power, or he was an angel himself or a half-breed himself. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's how I take it, too. Like, he was he was sent to, like, kind of watch over Constantine. Exactly. As a protector-ish... Yeah, and so, you know, but even though he couldn't do, he could see the half-breeds, but he could never figure out how to get into the bar. Or he just purposely did it so he couldn't, so Constantine didn't catch on to him. Exactly. So there's a lot of ways to interpret it, and that also could lead to being another Constantine movie, like leading into the next Constantine. Oh, hey, Chaz is actually back as an angel and whatever we're doing. So that officially was Constantine. So uh, what are your overall thoughts on the film? Um, for for what it was, I I really liked it. Um, like I said, I do like the Constantine now, the guy who's playing them, and I like <clears throat> the take on him better, the more joking around, but sarcastic. Uh, you know, kind of a you know just he the the backstory is a little different too, if I understand it, because if I remember right, it wasn't that he committed suicide; that it's something with like a, a he. Not being able to save a, a girl, and she's like, her soul went to to hell or something like that. And so and that's, that's like, what damned that, him. Yeah, and that's why he's trying to get back in the good graces. I could be wrong, but it's something along those lines. But you know, like as a darker Constantine, this was really good. You know what I mean? And um, I, I I enjoyed it. Now there was one thing that I had an issue. Well, there's it's not as much of an issue, but it's weird. This movie was rated R. Mm-hmm. I don't know one reason why this movie was rated R. There, there isn't really anything gory in it. There isn't foul language, like you know, maybe a, the suicide, maybe the, the talks of suicide and stuff well, like that. Well, and then the only, I mean, the only blood was when uh, he, Hennessy's he, ear, the blood was coming out of his ears. Well, and then, and then he, he carved his wrist. The, he carved the the message in his hand. That's true, and they did show the hands. Everybody had the the Christ symbol or the symbol of uh, Satan's son on their hands, right? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why the the helper got killed because he helped them decipher what that symbol was. There was a lot of blood in when he slit his wrist. There was, and then even when he was about to be taken away, he put out a cig- the cigarette in the blood too, which was I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of really cool set pieces in this film. I think that overall. It's a well done movie. Like it, it bothers me. Not bothers me. Maybe is the wrong word, but it makes me curious to why this film didn't do better. 
Like, it wasn't very well received in the box office. Um, and I normally don't do these things on this, but its budget was, well, actually it did do well. Its budget was 100 million, but it made 230 million, uh, in the boxes. Box, but that's not domestic. That's internationally and everything. So it could have made very little here, but made more of its money overseas, which happens with a lot of films that don't do well in the U.S. I think, I mean, it was advertised. Oh, but, it was advertised like crazy. But honestly, at the time, I didn't realize it was a DC character. I don't think a lot of people did. I mm-hmm. mean, I didn't even know it was a comic book character until you sit and watch the movie and it says DC Vertigo, and then it talks about being from the Hellblazer comic book series, yeah. you know, based on so, characters from this. If this film, what it does right is what we've talked about, where it just plops you into it and stays true enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fully stay true to it, but it's true enough to the lore of the comic books to where it's very enjoyable and you can, you don't need to have this giant backstory. You get it. You get how he has the powers, but you don't get that whole like, oh, this is an origin story. Like we don't have to see him as a kid in the beginning of it and get to the point where he commits suicide, how he commits suicide and he sees all his people. We, I mean, we do, but with small flashbacks. But Martha. Yeah, okay. How many times do I have to see fucking Batman die? Uh, his pants die, I should say. Yeah, like I said, so that's what I'm saying. I like how they did that. One of the things that I kind of didn't like was the fact that they had no British ties. That you know, He is British. Uh-huh. And obviously, I don't think we're well, here. Do you think Keanu can do a British hash? Uh, whoa. Teeth and crumpets. Bloody hell. Well, uh, buddy, yeah. <laughs> but I think that it it's entertaining enough, and I think it's worth your while to watch it. You don't necessarily, if you've never seen it before, I'd say go and see it. Um, but, but before no, you're really, gonna get, ooh, excuse me, you know, you're going to get story over action. Correct. But there's enough action in it; it, it builds up to the where, you know. It, it is where two you need hours it. long, but I didn't feel it drag at all. I didn't feel it drag when I first saw it and watching this again, I didn't feel it drag again. No. So, um, let's go ahead and just give our ratings for the film. So, we're okay. going to start with gore. Uh, what would you give the gore of the film? I'd give it a 3 out of 5. Because, I mean, there is blood, but overall, there I mean, like, even blood. when there will be blood. Even when the guy got hit by the car, I mean, it was just like the car wrapped around him. I mean, it wasn't, you know, like a body part and he had to like bring himself back or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that at the time, the, it, you're probably right with the stuff on suicide and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's maybe why it got the R rating, but it's not very gory. Nowadays, this would be PG-13. I, yeah. I straight up think that I agree. it would. It, and, and that's why I, I give the gore a two. It's a, it's not, a strong two, like I would maybe even bring it down to a 1.5 because I don't feel like it's like there isn't like buckets of blood falling on somebody when he goes to hell or there, Which, it could be worse on, on getting an R rating. And I agree. But then, like I said, the, when he does slit his wrist, it's not like they're showing his face and you know what he's doing. They show him cutting his wrist yeah. and then the blood coming out and then, um, but it's not like it, it's not. But that's why I gave it a three. That's why, you know, that's why I give it a two. I give it more than a two because, in my opinion. So the crap factor of this film, like, how crappy do you feel this film was? I'm, I'm gonna give it a two. I mean, I don't feel like it was that crappy. 
Well, I think we're going to flip our scores here because I gave it a three. And the reason I gave it a three, because sometimes the dialogue is atrocious. And sometimes the acting, again, playing the who acted less emotional in this scene, yeah. uh, you know, Keanu Reeves overall, who acted less emotional in the scene and throughout the movie? Was it Keanu Reeves or was it Rachel Weisz? I think Rachel Weisz. I think she wins this award in this one, too. Especially like her sister's did. Yeah. And she's like, and she's just like, my, sister's oh, my sister was murdered. She, she didn't commit suicide. But it's not, I mean, it's not like, and it wasn't like she was passionately fighting for, come on, you know she wouldn't know. It's just like, she's the only person she really thought loved her was God. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. yeah it, it's that, and that's where I give it that three, because I think that there are still good performances from both of them in scenes, like the scene in her apartment with her sister. I thought that that was actually relatively good when she was interacting with Keanu there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a one, even that scene when she's getting dunked in the water and she's like the look on her face and everything like that, like what the hell is going to happen here? You yeah. know, that I thought was relatively good and relatively entertaining, but I think overall the acting kind of gives it away. Like, Gives it that three factor for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we get a couple of things, a couple of characters that seem to pop in and just, they're, they're gone the next fucking minute. And I wish I learned more of them. But I think that's also a charm of the film. So the fun factor, what would you give the fun factor of this film? Um, that one's a little harder. Because it's fun, but it's not like action in your, like comic book movie fun. You know what I mean? So, I feel like if I give it a low rating, it's like, and I don't like it, and I don't think it's fun, but it's just because it's... Remember, fun is what it is to you. Yeah. So, like, the, the way I always look at it is, how did I feel while watching it? I'll give it a three and a half, because I definitely would watch it again. Yeah, and see, for me... But I, it wouldn't be, like, top comic book movie. I really, really like this movie, um, and it's probably no surprise, but I give this a four out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Because there are, that scene with Satan like, yeah. really makes a lot of this movie for me. But I think that it's, there is, you know, CGI things in there. I don't feel like it's super overused. I like the fact that it's not like, like you say, it's not a raw, raw comic book movie, but it moves at a certain pace and you never feel like that pace is too slow or too fast. Yeah. And it's two hours. And I remember even coming back, I'm like, Oh my God. This is two hours, and I know I keep stressing it, but when I came to watch it again, it was like, it's it's two hours. I'm like, oh my god, how am I gonna do? It? And then it didn't feel like two hours yeah, after exactly. I watched it. So I had a, I enjoyed it very much, and I enjoyed those other performances, and even the kind of weak performance from Keanu and, and Rachel Weisz. I I still enjoy the interactions, and it's really those those character interactions between the characters that you don't really know what their backstory is, no. but you know everything. You feel like you know everything you need to know about them, and it moves the movie on well enough. So overall, what do you give the film? Okay. So I think I'm going to give this movie overall... Overall, a th- I think a four is too high. Five, it's definitely not a five, and a four... Is a little too high. So I'm going to once again go with a three and a half. Um, <laughs> fuck, I had, oh, three and a half random crab in Bugman. <laughs> Rando crab, huh? This is a rat, like, it's a bug demon. Where the fuck the crab comes from? There's a random crab. Like, is that like the main part of the demon? I don't know. I so three and a half random crab in 
bug demon out of five out of five so i'm gonna go above you on this too i'm gonna give it a four out of five black lungs um it's just i i i had so much fun watching it again the, the beginning is a little bit slow but once it's kicked into gear you know it was fantastic like mm-hmm. again i never really felt the length of it and then i got so giddy once again when satan pops up on the screen and man that that's a quote for later uh <laughs> that I really, really enjoyed it, and I was so much fun. And that's like a half an hour of the fucking movie, too. Yeah. It's a long period of time when he shows up, so. Yeah, it's not like he just shows up and it's over. And then it's over or whatever, and it's really quick. No, it's you literally have a half an hour of the movie left when he finally does come up on the screen. So, with that being said, um, what are we watching next? Now, we've got a little bit of a break. This has been fun. I've really enjoyed doing this whole uh, month but while you're waiting for the next episode which will be in two weeks so if anybody new has joined and listening to the podcast i normally don't do this every single week of a month it's normally every other week and i'm going to go back to that schedule but you do get one little bonus in between those two weeks so in two weeks we're going to watch a film but while you wait i want you guys first before we say what the movie is I want you guys to go check out the Universal Monster sequel podcast. Now, I did this last time with The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And this time, we've got uh, one new addition to it, which is the Fright Club uh, podcast. And I believe that they're doing Bride of Frankenstein. And that's going to be coming out uh, the week following that this was released. But you should go back and you should listen to the B-Movie Bros, uh, who does the second Invisible Man movie. Mm-hmm. And then we got Black Hat Shadow, who did Wolfman Meets Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then your podcast. Paranormal Pativity. Paranormal Pativity, that did The Mummy's Hand, yep. uh, which somehow Morpheus got in there for some reason. So did Batman. <laughs> uh, and then it's Fright Club. That'll be <laughs> Why did you say the that? week after this. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to do The Creature from the Black Lagoon, but that will pop up in uh, a week after as a bonus episode of the next episode. Well, what's the second one called, though? Revenge of the Creature. That's right. So that will be the movie that I'll do, and it'll be released as a bonus episode. So, you, hey, guess what? In November, you get three episodes as well, but I need a week <laughs> of at least not having to do this. Um, but let's talk about the next movie we are going to be watching together. I'm sorry, this trailer sucks, uh, because it's a lot of music and you really should go check it out on YouTube. But the movie is called Blood Freak. You got me hooked, and you're gonna keep me splat. Hey, I got a scratcher in here. Now you listen to me. If you don't keep me supply, I'm going to break every bone in your miserable body. See, Blood Freak, horrifying addicted monster whose thirst for an addict's blood will lead you to a horror beyond belief. Blood Freak, to survive, addicts must die. Normal. Oh, 
See blood for his horrifying revenge for the woman he loves. So yeah, that's the trailer for Blood Freak. And Blood Freak is basically, uh, if you take a slasher movie and you mix it with Reefer Madness, uh, about a killer, a guy that turns into a killer turkey. Like he has a turkey head. And uh, since Thanksgiving's coming up, I thought that I would do that for the first movie of November. And then uh, we'll get back into some of the other films. Uh, I don't know why I've decided to choose that. It's very hard to find anything Thanksgiving related uh, <laughs> out there. Uh, but Blood Freak is available to watch and stream on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. You can also kind of find it on YouTube if you know how to look for it. Um, and uh, I would definitely look at that trailer because it looks really cheesy. And I hope that this is something that's really entertaining. So with uh, that all being said, this is the end of this episode of the podcast. And uh, Pat, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself? Okay, um, should I lay on my side? Oh, plug the okay podcast, my bad. Uh, <laughs> you can find Christ. me on Instagram and Twitter at ParanormalPat64. And you can find me anywhere you find uh, the Terrible Terror Podcast. You can find the Paranormal Pativity Podcast. We sp- talk about ghosts, uh, paranormal, personal experiences, stuff in the news if there's a maybe a movie about ghosts maybe i'll talk about that or a documentary um you could also email me your personal stories and experiences to paranormalpat64 at gmail.com or if you'd like to maybe contact me about being on the show talk personally about your um experiences or if you're maybe you're a ghost hunter uh that would be awesome too and if you want to get a good introduction episode to his podcast, because uh, you're familiar with this one, go listen to the 13 Ghost episode that I was on a, a part of his podcast, and we did a similar style review for that movie, mm. which was a lot of fun. Uh, and I unabashedly love 13 Ghosts, so it's one of those films. Uh, with that being said, uh, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast with me, Pat. Of course, anytime. Uh, and uh, you can always find me. As a, I'm on uh, Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast, Facebook.com slash Terrible Tower Podcast. I now have a YouTube channel where I've been doing the 31 and 31 or 31 Nights of Horror, reviewing every single freaking Godzilla movie except for two uh, so far. And you can check that out. Uh, it is YouTube.com. And search for the Terrible Terror Podcast, like, subscribe, watch the reviews. And there is a new one for every day of October, and we'll do some other things further on. 
Uh, if you have any ideas for episodes, make sure you check out uh, or email the show, terribleterrorpodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, we'll say goodbye to you and see you in the next episode with Blood Freak. Whoa, bye!